Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Season Gaming Bitcast, your weekly show covering all the biggest topics in gaming with industry, technical, and legal insight. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and I am glad to be back this week, boys. I missed it last week. Sad I could miss it. It looked like a fun show. That host was kind of ridiculous, though, um, but at least you had a good time. So, I am back. We are back to our regularly scheduled uh, gaming talk here with these two gentlemen and Mr. Fine Hogue in the gold frame, of course, where he belongs. First, not last, but maybe not first, is Mr. Rodriguez. How you doing, brother? I'm here. I'm here. Uh, so that's good. Not, uh, I don't know, man. Everybody's playing Diablo, and I'm over here like, why why aren't you playing Diablo? Because I'm I'm afraid. We'll talk about it later, but I'm I'm a little hesitant on just based on Diablo 3 release that it will be good. And so I think somebody just said it in the in the chat. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um but, you know, having to wait another 3 months after getting that taste, that's tough. It's tough to do. Especially it's going to be tough kinds of stuff. Yeah. But it looks yeah. like everybody's having fun with it, so uh excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely be talking a lot of Diablo today because I have a lot of thoughts already that I want to share. And of course, we're going to be talking about Remnant 2, IGN's first this month, um, and a lot of other things with our good friend, Mr. Ty Guy Travis. Good morning, man. Good morning. I'm also playing Diablo 4, finished up the Destiny review, doing Remnant 2 discussions, which I can talk about maybe 40% of stuff today. So um, lots of... Lots of cool stuff going on, man. Very exciting. Sweet. So uh, a little housekeeping on the gate here. First off, uh, I may sound a little weird today. Mike's a little far away. I apologize about that. And the camera's a little off as well. Sorry. Uh, new setup here, and I don't have all the wiring done yet. So we'll get that fixed before next week. So just bear with me today. Um, Want to give a big shout out. Uh, I know there's a bunch of people in chat already. Um, and uh, everyone who joined us last week. Last week was an absolute blast. We raised... In you know just over an hour, we credit quite a bit of money for Hoag's GoFundMe. Uh, even over on the season gaming alone side, never mind Hoag's channel and the GoFundMe directly, we raised nearly another five hundred dollars on the SG side, which is fantastic. So all that's gone over to to Hoag and family to help support his recovery. Um, and I really enjoyed it. A lot of good feedback, a lot of good comments and uh, positivity around it. So we'll definitely do more gaming trivia in the future. We kind of talked offline afterwards around uh, how do we do this as kind of a more regular thing uh, for fun and, you know, kind of partner with some of our uh, other friends like Cog, like Colin and others to do shows like that. So uh, stay tuned on that one. Uh, the other thing I want to shout out is we did get some feedback. I did kind of warn people, our audio listeners last week, that last week's show was obviously very different. So I know that was going to be kind of a tough listen. Um, but I put it up anyway, just in case, you know, anyone wanted to play along with the trivia. But I think in general, um, with the way we do this live show, especially being on two channels, the emojis and everything else, we did get a couple of feedback that the audio listen is kind of a little disjointed <laughs> compared to how it used to be, where it was just a straight show, which makes sense, right? So I think uh, the only thing I wanted to call out is... Um, Going forward, we're going to try to kind of have maybe two to three times that we read through Super Chats to condense it a little more. Um, it just makes sense from a podcast perspective, right? Because if we're stopping every like 10 minutes to read Super Chats as soon as they come in, uh, it makes it kind of tough. So bear with us. We will still get to all the Super Chats, of course, um, but we will read them, you know, at kind of a lot of times throughout. So um, on that note, I do want to ask a favor uh, after last week and everyone who tuned in. 
um, and all the fun we had. If I could ask a favor, uh, I was kind of redoing some stuff on our audio side, on, on the Apple side and Spotify side. If you do enjoy this, if you do listen on the audio side, or even if you just like hanging out with us on Sundays, uh, if you could take like two minutes to go on Apple Podcasts, if you use that, or Spotify, if you use that, and just give us a review. You can find SG BitCast, just give us a nice review, if you don't mind, or, or not so nice review, whatever you want to do. Um, and let us know, it really helps in the algorithm. Uh, in terms of um, you know getting the uh, the show up the rankings, just like on YouTube, it works very similarly. So, all right, I think that is all the housekeeping for this morning. Chat, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon. Thanks for hanging out and coming to join us. Um, we uh, obviously Hogue is not with us at the moment. We don't actually know if he's going to stop by. Obviously, you know, with his rehab and everything else going on, we'll play it by ear. Um, so for now, we'll keep him in the uh, you know two-time champion gold frame. And then we'll think about uh, switching that over to a different frame later. You know, maybe, maybe. So, boys, let's talk about what we're currently playing. Of course, uh, I'm going to start with uh, Diablo 4 because that is the kind of top thing at the moment, I would say, the hot topic. Um, Travis, I know that you're covering it for IGN. I'm covering it for SG. Uh, Dan just said he hasn't played it yet, but obviously is going to probably a lot later this year. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I will start with you though, Travis, to say, have you gotten time to play it yet? And if so, how much have you played it? Kind of where are you on, on beta status? Yeah, I've played it and I've played a lot of it. Um, okay. obviously on Friday, there were uh, a little bug. Um, obviously on Friday, there were, uh, uh, issues with the server. And so I, I got into it pretty late in the day, but, uh, yeah, uh, I've played multiple characters most of the way through. Um, uh, played some co-op with some friends, played a lot solo, checked out the story. Um, basically, the only thing I haven't done yet is uh, complete all of the dungeons, and I have not killed the world boss. My buddy killed it last night, but I haven't, uh, haven't gotten to that yet. So just because I have to... We're doing a maybe we're doing a video impression impressions video, um, which means that I have to spend a lot of time, you know, turning off music and recording a segment with one character and then recording it with a different character and doing a lot of like boring. I'm reviewing the game stuff. Uh, so my progress has been a little bit slower. But that said, I still have I'm loving the rogue. For those of you who don't know, the rogue hasn't been in Diablo since the first game, which is my favorite Diablo game. And uh, she feels real good. The rogue i'm quite enjoying the uh okay yeah. let's yeah so so two things real quick one i'm gonna do this with my mic because it probably sounds a lot better and everyone in the better, chat yeah. is saying the mic is terrible so i apologize it's, so also you're reminiscent. See... it's also reminiscent of the game show you have the mic in your hand you know it's kind of nice oh is, yeah. is this what the guy did last week yeah uh the guy sure let's say yes okay okay yeah. all right cool uh he must have been pretty smart um yeah. second can we can we take it? Uh, I'm going to take issue with Diablo one being your favorite Diablo game. I don't think I've ever heard anyone in my life say that. I know so. I'm super I'm super weird. I love that game. I really the contrarian love it. Coming yeah. to life. <laughs> I know always. I'm not a contrarian. I just like that game. I just, hmm, I just like yeah. that game. The Diablo two and Diablo three are better or are are good games as well. I just like Diablo one better. So yeah. Well, let's let's not forget this is the guy who said he fell asleep playing Diablo three. So yeah, um, yeah I will say this: I have not fallen asleep playing Diablo four, and uh, I will. I mean, in order, my favorite Diablo games are Diablo 
one, Diablo two, and then Diablo three, I actually consider far below the first two. Um, I still like that game a lot, but I just, I don't, I can't put it up there in the same, in the same, uh, really category as the first two games. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would agree with you at Diablo 3's launch. I think if for anyone who remembers that back in 2012, it was a disaster, right? Service didn't work. The auction house sucked. The loot sucked. I mean, it, I, I don't genuinely know how they put that game out and thought it was going to be a hit after Diablo 2. But I think by the time you get to about uh, 2015, Reaper of Souls is out, you know, chapter yeah. 5, and, and they fix the loot, loot 2.0. Like, from the past several years, that game, I think, is genuinely incredible. Yeah, I I played some of the later seasons. I remember grinding one of the end games to get a um like a, a murderous teddy bear follower. Do you remember right. that season? Yep. Yeah, I, yeah. That was that was fun. Um and I I like the end game stuff, but still to me, uh there's just something about Di- Diablo because of the time I played it, it was basically the first game like that I'd ever played and it was so innovative and I love how dark the story is. Diablo one probably has the darkest story. Really. My problem with Diablo three was um, I kind of don't like the story in that game. Like really at all. It feels like five separate little mini stories that are like incongruous to one another. And uh, what what act is it? Is act four where you fight like the random demon in a siege warfare or something like that? It's, it feels like Uh, that that, that's act three because act Act four, you go to heaven basically and you fight the angels and, yeah, the yeah, it like Act Three was seemed super out of nowhere to me, and Act Two where you're running around is that one where you're running around a desert collecting pieces desert. of somebody's body or something two, like right? that. Yeah, I was just like, I was like, there's something about that campaign I really didn't like, um, and so I, I think it had other problems besides all the problems you mentioned, like the loot and all that. Um, I think Diablo Four has none of those problems, and it's super impressive so far. Like, th- this is already like on pace to me my favorite diablo game things i love the dark storyline are back i love how dark and messed up it feels and uh emotional story is campaign cutscenes kind of go hand in hand with that but super impressive i love that they got rid of uh constant healing i really hated that mechanic i think it takes away a lot of like player decision and dropping consistent potions everywhere that you have to kind of choose when to use them i think is fantastic um the loot game is great the gameplay is way more engaging a problem i had with three and two a little bit is that it kind of just comes out to just you're clicking you're clicking you're clicking and or in diablo 3's case you're using power one power two power three power one power two power three kind of just like getting really rhythmic and i i feel diablo 4 feels way more engaging to me like i'm actually making decisions on the battlefield rolling away turning around hitting them with a blast you know uh going invisible as my rogue or whatever and uh i to me it feels so much better um I, yeah i'm super impressed yeah yeah I, in fact i got a few notes here and you kind of touched on a lot of them so i will quickly just say i'm in uh absolute agreement with everything you just said i am uh i think you guys know i've talked about this game constantly since you know for past several months as being my potential game of the year or likely game of the year in 2023 and uh, even for me, who had the highest of expectations, it has somehow surpassed them. Um, it is the world design is incredible. 
I think to touch on some of the things you did, uh, I agree with you on the potion design. I think the the decision making between kind of having a few potions instead of just one on cooldown, you have a few, and then uh, you know with the enemies dropping them, of course, like bosses will spawn minions where they you kill them to hopefully get your potion back. Right? There's a there's a a balance to the level of um, engagement you can have in the difficulty. Right? So the game's going to tell you where. Uh, quite clearly where you're not ready to beat this yet because you just can't heal at a rate, you know, and survive. Um, I think that um, the combination, so Diablo 2 was incredibly uh, kind of build heavy. Diablo 3 shifted that to incredibly loot heavy, where your build was your loot, basically, in Diablo 3. And what they've said about Diablo 4 is they're kind of striking a balance where it's kind of got, uh, they're going back to the much larger skill tree and kind of skill building, uh, almost taking some notes from Path of Exile to a degree, um, but they're keeping the kind of generous loot system where your your constant dopamine hit of finding the next thing that's going to either supplement or uh, improve your build. And so far, it is perfection. I mean, literal perfection. I, I as someone who I've talked about many times on the show, uh, just goes nuts for loot games. Um, this has crushed it so far. Um, I think also one of the things I've heard, and and Travis, this may kind of apply to what you said about two and three kind of becoming just a clicky game, right? Because you just you're just constantly clicking to fight things, and that's a that's a trope of these or a design flaw, not maybe not a flaw, but a design part of these games to begin with. But where Diablo Four so far has really improved that, I think, is that you have your main quest, which, as you said, is back to being very dark and kind of. Um, you know, demon base, it's Diablo, right? Um, which is fantastic. But I think that there's so many um, other activities to do in this game. So you can go and just kill things and loot if you want to, but there's also cellars and there's also dungeons that can be rerun and are instanced, right? So you can rerun those dungeons as many times as you want. And from what we know, there's hundreds of them in the main game. Um, there are world events and live events that just pop up and you can other people can come and fight with you. And obviously, there's the big world event. I haven't had a chance to play that yet. Hopefully today. Um, but there's just there's a lot of things and side quests pop up all the time. Little side quests you can go and do and you get rewarded for. And um, like I said, I could kind of ramble on forever. But I think they've taken they've somehow managed to take the best aspects of two, the best aspects of three, blend them together, and then improve upon them. And that is no easy task, especially for a game like Diablo, where uh, you have a not only a rabid fan base of tens of millions of people, but they are very critical. When Diablo 3 launched, if you were around and remember that time, the sheer kind of vitriol that was thrown at Blizzard for how they screwed up Diablo was insane. I mean, they were crucified for a year plus until they started to fix it. And all I see so far, again, anecdotal, but all I see so far is pure joy about how good this game is and how they're crushing it. And uh, like I said, I could keep going on, but I think between the two of us, Travis, we've kind of covered that this is incredible. It's everything I wanted it to be so far. And I genuinely, like I was thinking this morning, like, okay, let me, let me find a criticism. Let me find something I don't like about this game. I'm struggling to find something I don't like about this game. Go ahead. I mean, I can see you smirking, so I'm sure you have some, but like, give me something you don't like about this. Enemy variety so far. Okay. Okay. 
Um, I can, I can maybe see that. Yeah, also lack of unique mechanics uh, amongst enemies that are different. There's only a couple that actually have like things they do different when they attack you, right? Um, like typically, in, in a, we've seen this in other Diablo games, they'll have like, you know, this enemy, uh, it can become immune during a couple seconds or teleport toward you or it shoots uh, projectiles that move in a in a um, unpredictable way uh, or something like that. And uh, a lot of them this time, at least in the early area, and you know, th this is the problem with it being a beta is we, d we don't know how true this is going to be for all five acts or whatever. Um, but I would love to see, uh, I would love to see more interesting behaviors. There was one a story mission. I think it's the second story mission where you help, uh, was it Nailene or someone like that? Uh, I can't remember her name. I don't remember. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you help like a character and there's these guys where whenever you kill them, they send like these uh, shocking red like static orbs flying everywhere. And I thought that was a cool mechanic, but I feel like we haven't seen that uh, enough. So that's one, that's one of my uh, complaints. Okay. I was just feel yeah. like I'm just killing like anonymous creature, you know, yeah, I could think that'd be fair. I, I, I did come up with one while you were talking too, is that uh, you do move quite slow. Um, and obviously there's items that increase your, your movement speed and that's part of your build. And of course, I don't think in the beta you can unlock the horses. At least I can't yet. And I'm pretty near max level um, of the beta. I think I'm a 21 or something. I think you right can. Now. I've seen someone riding around on one, but only like oh, once good. or twice. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think quest. that's... You have to complete a specific quest to unlock it. I, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> Dan's gone. Oh, Dan, I swear. Killing me um yeah i haven't gotten there yet then but that would be cool i think that's probably their their you know solution to uh to the the movement in that vein um but i think generally speaking like i said i like the cities i like kind of uh you know the the build mechanics are far deeper than we're going to really get to in the beta uh, as you start to pull like attributes off of um attributes off of legendaries or items and things like that um it's going to be Build variety is going to be gigantic in this game over time, which I think is fantastic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Dan kind of touched on this at the opening, but I think part of what is uh, going to kill me is the um, is the wait. After we finish next week's beta is the wait for two and a half months until the game's release. I yeah, think that's that'll be, be interesting. Uh, Dan can one, we maybe one day. Power for a minute and it shut down everything and my one. you lost power at the house it's like a bright sunny day yeah it just you know you know one of those little kind of quick things everything just dimmed and i was like whoa hey what happened yeah he, he had too many open instances of hitman 3 um, <laughs> the, the <laughs> what is happening <clears throat> oh man okay um but but dan um to you and to anyone in the chat or kind of listening to this that is uh kind of feeling like you which is i don't know if i want to touch it because uh that weight's going to be really hard the weight is going to be very hard um i'm going to be sad as hell when this beta is over and i can't log in anymore but i would say that one of the nice things you can do during the beta right is there's five classes um they're not all open uh, maybe they're all open. Are they all open for the beta? Or can you only use no? There's three only four? three. You can't use the druid or the necromancer, and I know that because those are the classes I was most excited to try out. <laughs> um, but the but they will be playable next weekend during the open beta. Okay. Um, yeah. and so, 
Sorry, someone said I was frozen. I'm looking at both screens. I'm like, I'm no, you were you were, fro- you were frozen for a couple seconds. Oh, sorry. God, we're doing well this morning. Um, so, Dan, mm-hmm. what I was going to say is that you can uh, at least try the three classes now because you know one of the hardest decisions when you go to really kind of make your first long-term character is who the hell do I want to be. So one nice thing about the beta is you can at least experiment and get a feel for it. And then when the game launches, you can say, okay, this is going to be the one I'm going to go with. So that's one thought for you anyway. I mean, I'll eventually get it, obviously. It's just going to be – I'm just going to wait. I'll probably wait for at least a few weeks after uh, the initial launch. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to play. Um, I, I just – after three, I mean, you, you kind of get a little bit jaded. It sounds like everybody everything's going great, uh, but I'll wait till we get that stable build, you know, at least something where it's not insane. Because the first couple of weeks are going to be crazy. I, mean, I, I don't even – not even mad at them it's just is what it is when you got games like this and as popular as it is and as server intensive as it could be you know i mean it's fine i mean it's it's i'll, I'll be all right but i'm definitely gonna play it because diablo is one of my favorite franchises so hey travis what are the uh betting odds that dan is not gonna buy diablo at launch uh pretty low he seems to part with his money pretty easily yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was gonna say, it. I'll put quite a bit of money that he's gonna be playing it in week one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would say yeah. last year you were right. I've changed my ways. Like I don't have a backlog anymore, and it's fantastic. It's because you don't play any games. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I play what I want. I'm very choosy, but Diablo definitely is one of the ones that I will be playing. Like you know, I'm, I'm just all, all I can think of right now is like MLB the Show 23, which I'm probably in. You know, but nobody else is doing that in this chat slash community at all. So uh, just me. But I'm pretty excited for that coming out here in, I don't know, six days, five days. Yeah. So. Yeah, we get that and uh, Resident Evil 4 this week. Yeah, big week. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, Other I think... Uh, Diablo 4. Say it again. Other complaints I have about Diablo 4. Go uh, ahead. Uh, connection issues. Well, yeah. And I don't just mean server wait times. I mean getting 40 minutes into a dungeon and then getting booted back to start. And then for whatever reason, it starts you up out in the middle of town and you lose all your progress on said dungeon and have to work your entire way through it again. That is super annoying. Super that hasn't annoying. happened to me, but I could see that being very frustrating. Yes. Yeah, it was like one of the main story dungeons and it just took a really long time to get through it. And then I was like, right before the boss fight, you've been disconnected from the game and then... I went to the main menu, lot loaded back in. All right, you're in the main town, Kirostov or whatever it's called. Yeah, um, yeah, that really, really annoyed me. Um, I have other, I have other problems. Also, I one thing I noticed is um, it seems like a lot of times they're emulating their own past games or um, you know Path of Exile, uh, and I, I've, I'm looking for something unique that they've added with Diablo 4 and I'm having a hard time finding that right now you know what I mean hmm. you ever feel like the game is like it's not that it does anything bad it's just that you kind of look at it and you go well what does this game bring to the genre of ARPG like what is it doing that I haven't seen before and I haven't really seen anything there yet except for the story which is fantastic I mean that that's like the unique thing but yeah I guess we'll say I mean I don't know I I one, well, you're not going to be able to tell that from the beta, right? So probably not. we'll have to wait yeah, for probably. the review on that one. Um, but I, 
I don't know. I, is it a bad thing if, I guess you, your question is, is it a bad thing if this game comes out and kind of perfects the ARPG model that we know rather than uh, taking it somewhere new or, or at least layering in something new? Yeah, like adding something that we haven't seen before or advancing the genre. Because Diablo, yeah. the Diablo series has always advanced the genre. You know, like Diablo 3. Tried. I would say 3 did in terms of, you know, when Diablo 3 came out, I felt like I would never be able to play a game like Diablo on a console. And Diablo 3 successfully made me want to play it on a console. Diablo 4, I actually prefer it on the console, which is bizarre to me. To me, Diablo has always been a keyboard and mouse game. And, you know, I've played it on keyboard and mouse and Xbox at this point, And I'm like, controllers. I, I, I far better. prefer the controller. Yeah, I'm, which me is too. insane to me, which is insane to me. Um, I did in three, though. I played it in three as well, but I didn't like it as much. I, to me, mm. it, it, it felt good, but it felt like, okay, well, they did a good job a first pass at like making this palatable for uh controller but uh for i actually prefer it <laughs> which is mm. you know kudos to them that's awesome but, but at this point we've also seen games do that yet so i'm just looking okay. for like a couple steps forward i really hate it when games just sort of like shoot for what has already been done or what we already know is possible. And so, you know, for it to be a 10 for, for Travis, as you know, it has to, it has to move the needle. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's and fair. I haven't seen that yet, but certainly from everything we've seen in the beta, it's probably going to be a nine. That's my guess is the, the Metacritic for this is probably 92, 91, something like that. Maybe I think it's going to be, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's going to be high. And I think, well, to your point, it obviously doesn't have to advance the genre for IGN to give it a 10 because they hand out 10s like, you know, well, nobody's business. Well, right but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reviewing Diablo 4. I'm reviewing Diablo 4. And uh, as you know, uh, I have never given a 10. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm reviewing it. So I'm a tough critic. Diablo 4 better be your first 10 or you're off the show. Um, so I think that... Uh, what I was going to say was about uh, advancing the genre. There's there are a lot of mechanics that I've read about because you know I follow every detail in this game, and also you can kind of see implement that we can't use yet. That hopefully we'll see you know late game right because really these games as we all know they're all about end game right. Yeah, the story story's one piece of it, leveling your characters is one piece of it, but what does that end game look like? What is the thing that's going to keep you playing for hundreds of hours on end? Um, and it feels like from what they've said, there's a lot of things there. So you get the Paragon levels, which they had in Diablo 3, of course. Um, but there's all kinds of things, again, that uh, they're adding, adding in where you can um, do late game instance dungeons and uh, kind of raid level type things, you know, to the to the degree where you get a party and you need a party to beat those, the world events and things. So we'll see. We'll see. Um... So I see Trish asked a question. Will Paragon points be in Diablo 4 after beta? Yeah, so Paragon points are in there. You have to be level 50 plus. So obviously yeah, the beta only goes to level 25. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can see, see it. You just can't it, use yeah. them. So very, very upsetting. I, yeah, there's a lot of late, uh, late game building that's in there. And remember that your character will actually, I believe, go to level 100 in this game, not 50 like Diablo uh, 4 or 3. Excuse Is that me. true? 
I thought, unless I'm misremembering, but I could have sworn they said your no, character would can go to 100. Damn. Okay. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think that's what I have on Diablo 4. The funny thing, I was talking with friends I was playing the other night on Friday night, and um, just a reminder, right, that Path of Exile has been extremely successful, and I think they did a lot of cool things in the ARPG, ARPG genre. Um, reminder, they announced Path of Exile 2 like three years ago. Um, so that is coming as well. Um, and that, you know, if POE one is anything to go by grinding gear games really knows how to make a good ARPG. So I'm, you know, depending on when you have to almost feel like path of exile two is going to come out maybe next year. And they're kind of waiting to see what Diablo four actually was, you know what I mean? To kind of give them, uh, that little extra time to see how their strongest peer is going to perform in the market and what kind of mechanics they add. But I'm very interested to see what they do as well. Yeah. So, all right, Dan, play it. What? Play it. Play <laughs> Diablo 4. Diablo 4. No, no, of course I'm going to. There's no question. Not right now. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm playing Age of Empires 2. That's, you know. That's a great game. It is okay. a great game. Yeah. 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 How is it? Are you playing on console? Definitive edition? Definitive edition? Yeah, yeah, just... on the Xbox. Um, my Game Pass runs out in eight days. You know, I got my my free dollar or my one month thing that I refuse to pay for anymore. Uh, but yeah, it'll it's it's fantastic. I'm playing that and uh, uh, Civilization again, uh, six or whatever released mm. on Game Pass. I prefer Age of Empires, to be honest with you. Um, okay, it's 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 great. It's just as good as it used to be. Uh, it really works well with controllers, surprisingly. Uh, not what I expected, but it works really, really well. Uh, I play a lot of just the skirmishes where I just load up like eight different teams on gigantic, ludicrous maps or whatever they're called and uh, just go to town and see what happens. You know, so I was literally playing right before we started and I will be going back there until the K-State Wildcats start playing today and I will be forced to give up my TV to my wife because they're still in the tournament, unfortunately. I do, I do, I do like that your wife seems seemingly, from everything you told me, is like the KC sports fanatic in the house. Yes, it's because I'm from Chicago, you know. But I support, <laughs> I support her and her teams. You know, I, I, I actually get, I probably get more into it than she does, because I know, like, if they lose, that I'm the one that's going to suffer in the end, <laughs> because her, her mood will just be like. So I, I'm, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? God, you stupid idiot. You know, I'll just be like, just calm down. I'm like, I can't. You don't understand what this means here in about 30 minutes. I'm in trouble. So that's me. Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, you said it controls well with the controller. Are there, do you find any uh, times playing uh, either Age of Empires or Civilization where um, you feel kind of limited by the controller? Or did they really kind of nail it? A, a little bit mostly for like separating units like if you're like if you're trying to attack you know trying to get all your siege weapons all together is kind of a pain in the butt uh or your cavalry uh you know in one little section once you get it it's fine but a lot of times i end up just mass selecting the whole army which which kind of screws things up a little bit when you're attacking stuff because i'm trying to be at least a little bit tactical but it kind of slows everything down, right? Like it only goes as fast as the slowest uh, unit. So it, it's, it's, you know, I, I can't remember where I took. Maybe the Huns. Somebody with uh, 
elephants and they're fantastic gosh those elephants but um it, it's 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 it, that's the part that i don't like the most i would say is but everything else really plays well uh, a lot of quick uh buttons that you can use just clicking on like the thumbsticks uh the directional pad is you know implemented well you can just jump from uh i think villagers your military uh monks trade center like like the most important things is what they did they basically put everything they prioritize what you're going to use the most and you know basically put quick buttons on them of course uh, yeah and that's great i think they did a great job um and it looks fantastic uh, playing on a giant tv you know that's that's mm-hmm. awesome so i've had a lot of fun with it over the last week uh short of that i haven't really been playing anything else i don't think and, and civ civ I'm, I'm i'm not quite as into it's just it's not i don't know man it's funny because one of my favorite games of all time is sid meyer's alpha centauri uh back from i don't know the 90s which was you know a turn-based strategy game you know and that's what civ is kind of i i, I kind of like the rts a little bit better uh and it's 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 really well done so Kudos to Microsoft and whoever had their hand in that because it does great. That's Can't awesome. Continue. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did uh, did either of you get a chance? I didn't get a chance to try it, but I've talked to some friends who have uh, Exo Primal, Capcom's uh, kind of yeah. co-op dino hunting game. I've heard actually pretty good things. That it's pretty well designed. It's pretty fun. It reminds me of Earth Defense Force, yeah. which, if you've heard me talk yes. about this yes. game before, is a very big compliment. Um, and I'm going to try to review that game. I'm going okay. to try to get it. I'm going to, I'm going to see it comes out much later, but yeah, I want to review it cause it looks, it looks dope. Uh, yeah, I got, to, okay. I got to play a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Some friends were playing the other night when I was, uh, I forget what I was doing. I was just in a party chat with them and they were saying that, uh, it's kind of a blast. I was playing rocket league and they were playing, uh, exo primal and, um, yeah, they're saying it, it feels really good. Um, you know, you've got the different rigs, I believe they call them in that game, kind of like Anthem in, in a way. Um, shout out. And, uh, <laughs> well, and they said, um, they said that like, uh, you know, like hundreds of dinosaurs get thrown at you. So it's just, you know, just chaos, but they said it's Let's a lot of hundreds fun. is probably an understatement. Okay. All right. That's awesome. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, of you should try it then. It's uh it's an open beta right now. You can just download it for free on, uh, on Xbox or PlayStation uh, from Capcom. Just you have to search this Exo Primal beta because for some reason the store is kind of wonky. But yeah, check it out. I will try it out. Yeah, yeah I think it's up through Wait. tomorrow. So uh, I better do it today. Yeah, it's coming to Game Pass too on uh, April 14th, May 14th. I don't know, something. I forget the date. Someone can mm. tell us. Uh, but it is... that's down? I kind of remember it being like. I remember looking it up and saying it was like further down. If it's April, June fourteenth. <laughs> I don't know why the fourteenth is jumping out to me. July fourteenth. There you go. Hey, I got the fourteenth right. Uh, July fourteenth. Yeah. Thank you, General Spartan. I appreciate you. Haha, my memory has served me well. Yeah, because I remember mapping it out in my brain of like, could I review that? And then I looked and I was like, oh yeah, that's far enough away. I could totally review that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wait till you get older. Your brain just fails you. Um. <laughs> um. There was a comment I was going to uh, mention, and I think I missed it now. I apologize. Um, we have a bunch of super chats, by the way. I think we do. I'm, I'm, I'm. Remember, I'm going to segment, so oh, yeah, I'll get to right. those after currently playing. So uh, I wanted to touch on because we didn't get a chance last week um, to touch on Halo Infinite Season Three real quick, and I, I promise mm-hmm. I won't take more than a couple minutes. Um, 
so if you if you do play Halo, and obviously, you know, I talk about it a lot here. Um, but uh, season three has been very impressive uh, for the most part. It's kind of a, a two steps forward, half a step back, if you will. I'll explain that in a second. But I think that um, the maps are genuinely fantastic. Oasis is a big team map. It's probably the one of the best big team maps maybe ever in Halo. It's definitely the best, best in my opinion, in uh, Infinite. Uh, fantastic map. Uh, Cliffhanger is another fantastic map. And they added a lot of nice uh, touches to the game, which were kind of unannounced. So a lot of UI improvements, the new armor cores and touch-ups are fantastic. Um, the, you know, they freshened up some modes, new playlists, and it's just, it's very, very well done. And I think that um, if this is representative of what the future is for Halo Infinite in a three-month basis, right, which they have moved to now for their season pass, or, or battle pass, excuse me, um, it's, it's going to be more positivity, I think, for Halo Infinite, which is good to see, right, at this point in time. Um, and the battle pass is fantastic, by the way, too. A lot of really cool kind of cosmetics and things for players in there, too. So uh, I will also add that the narrative event, so they're tying narrative events to multiplayer. Um, the one in Season 3 is actually very well done. Uh, a really cool cutscene. Some things that tie deep into the lore that are leading into Season 4 with Infection that's already been leaked um, and some other things. So I think, I just hope that they can keep this cadence now. Um, now that, you know, Forge is... Forge has always continually improved, but now that it's out the door and they have uh, a campaign co-op out the door, kind of all those other major things done, they can just focus on live service. Um, there's a lot of fun things for kind of casual players too. There's a BTB playlist. There's the uh, community playlist. So you can play on the Forge maps, just random kind of maps from the community, which is awesome. Um, so it's just really well done. So I think... Uh, if you are one of those people that really enjoyed Halo but were disappointed for whatever reason early on in the game and you haven't played it in a while, I would definitely go back in, check it out. Uh, you may find that you enjoy yourself. I said a half step back because for whatever reason, and this is one of my many frustrations with 343, when they release a big update, they end up breaking stuff. And their, their QA, their UAT, their quality control of these releases is just not where it needs to be. Um, and there have been frame rate issues. There are uh, hiccup kind of um, new, uh, basically like judder, basically, as you're playing online. So like you'd be playing and all of a sudden, like your guy kind of like, tele you know, like teleports really briefly. Rubber but it, banding. It, rubber banding is a good word for it too. Um, but in a competitive game, that's obviously a problem, right? Um, there's little things like that where it's just like, these things should not be introduced. Like, you should not break the 120 FPS mode on Series X with a release. That just shouldn't happen, right? Um, and so they've got to get that stuff in order. But um, other than that, it's been a generally positive content update. So it's nice to see. Hey, Halo. Uh, Yay. <laughs> uh, Travis, do you want to provide your uh, kind of closing thoughts on Destiny 2 Lightfall as your review is now finished since we last talked about it? Yeah, I do. Um, so my review went up. Uh, my final score is a 6 out of 10. Uh, so it went up from wh where I was at uh, in, in pre or the pre-pre-raid. Um, my reason for the change in score is simply that I got a few things wrong with my initial, um, which is why why we do reviews in progress, right? Um, we don't want to we don't want to get uh, get a final verdict out there too early. Um, 
the first thing I got wrong was Strand, the new uh, Guardian ability that I talk about, which I described as basically, you know, another super, but this time in green. Um, shortly after the game came out and after I had written my review in progress, Bungie made the decision to immediately release all of the aspects, which are basically like little powers and augmentations to that class or that subclass. And uh, that actually opened up the class and showed how good it is. It has a whole bunch of variety and different abilities you can do, but that wasn't apparent at the beginning because they were time gating when you can get all of the different powers. And so I think they realized their game was in trouble and they untime gated it. They just let you get everything as soon as possible. Um, and then the other things that happened were, um, you know, the, the, the end game content, there was a little bit more of it than I think uh, people were maybe expecting initially. Um, and also the raid, which the raid is good, not great. It's uh, not their worst raid for sure. Not their best raid, definitely. Um, but it, it uh, ended up being a lot of fun. So I ended up reading, as I often do when I require soul searching for my reviews, I ended up reading the uh, definition of a five at IGN and the de definition of a six and came to the conclusion that uh, it was all told uh, better than a five laughably far away from being a seven which i think is unfortunate um i still have a ton of problems with the game if you didn't hear me talk about it on the previous episodes no new pvp maps no new gambit maps or changes to gambit only one new strike uh you know there's a whole bunch of quality of life improvements that are good ideas that don't really work for the most part at least in in any serious capacity um and the story is abysmal the new destination is sad and it is such a stark step backwards from the witch queen that I think that I, I mean, I haven't really talked to anybody, even, even the bungee simps. I haven't heard anybody say that they weren't disappointed or at least that it wasn't a step down from, from the witch queen. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a huge bummer to, people like myself who have played destiny for a really long time and are, we're hoping that, you know, the finale next year was going to have all this momentum behind it because I feel like they've just sucked all the air out of the room when it comes to any hype people had. Um, and that's unfortunate. This is what happens when you, you know, push out an expansion that you didn't have time to really work on. And yeah, it probably would have been best to just not release it at all. If, if this is what it's going to be so yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty bummed about it but yeah i gave it a six which uh i haven't i haven't given destiny a six since actually it's not true i gave a five to curse of osiris um yeah so this is the second lowest score i've ever given it i i but yeah for perspective i gave destiny a six when it launched destiny one vanilla that was my original score for the game which i stand behind um so yeah it's just it's it sucks to see them go back to that <laughs> it really does is uh so am i correct how does this work now so are they are they on a set schedule where there's one expansion per year yep so it's now another year till you guys get the the true closing of the dark and light right. saga correct and lightfall was oh. originally supposed to be the final right. expansion and then they pushed it a year and came up with the the final shape and i'm pretty sure they moved all of the content they'd been working on to that year so this feels like something they squeezed out as soon as they could with a really short turnaround and uh, it shows unfortunately yeah that's disappointing well yeah, yeah um 
I I keep hoping that there is something that gets me back into Destiny to where I really would enjoy playing it again. I don't, I don't think I'm alone. We've talked about this, right? Like, love the gunplay, love how Bungie kind of designed certain things in the game, but but going into Destiny kind of blind now is just a daunting task. And every time I try to do it, there's just way too many kind of nuances to things that aren't inviting and I can't figure it out. Not that I can't figure it out, but you'd have to invest a ton of time or have someone walk you through figuring it all out. And it just, it's not enjoyable enough to do that. I think if the, I think if the competitive, and we've talked about this too. I think if the competitive multiplayer was more competitive multiplayer, uh, that would probably do it, but it's just not. Um, and yeah, it, it is not. And you're right. They have a new player problem. And also there's rumors that PVP is not really going to be a, priority and destiny going forward so which i mean if you've looked at the game that i would argue it probably never has really been one but yeah that's uh, yeah i think then if you have a game that big and it's clear that at times right it's tough for them to manage both new content and the quality of the existing content because there's a lot there right then I think they need to narrow that scope right and just say here's what destiny is going to be and we're going to make this the best it can be and it feels like maybe if you're if you're not going to have a pvp that really makes sense then why do you even have it well as somebody who would describe themselves as a pvp main in destiny i have to disagree i want them to okay. focus on both they're a big enough company that they can do both well so oh you know, and i i agree with you like in, in my dream scenario yeah. you would have a, a truly solid competitive pvp in destiny my my point was based on what you said it's not going to be a priority so I would argue back that if it's not a priority, why do it at all? Then you're just going to get this yeah. half-ass PvP mode. Well, that... when I say that it's not going to be a priority in the future, I think the the rumblings I've heard is that it's not going to be a thing in the future, basically. Which, you know, that's worst-case scenario for me. But, I, yeah, them half-assing it is definitely yeah. bad them maybe you know if you're only going to half-ass it ever maybe you should give up on it but i i, I aspire for i want to see better for my games and i want to see them do the opposite invest in it as a as a valuable part of the game as they've said it it is uh, as recently as like six months ago i'm pretty sure definitely in the last year they've had you know high uh, higher ups at at Bungie come forward and say PvP is a priority for us it's something we're always going to have in destiny it's something that we super care about which has been like really nice to hear even when the the state of pvp has been bad but i would just love them to actually put effort into it and make it good because there's something that, something that you can't get in halo for example is the hard work of all the pve content being able to take what you earned and bring it into the pvp sandbox great and go, look this is crazy this is a cool special weapon or set of armor that I've built out because I did this this cool mission in PVE and, and being able to bring that to PVP is, is sweet. Um, and I would hate to see it go away because it would it would basically remove a lot of the incentive I have to get better in PVE because the PVE content isn't particularly hard most of the time. So why do I need this crazy gun with these ultra awesome perks if I'm not going to be playing against other humans in Crucible? So we'll see. Yeah, very fair. Yeah, G-Man says the PvP might be subpar in terms of competitiveness, but it is hugely important part of the game to its player. So I think you kind of exactly. just touched on that. 
Yeah, exactly. It's never going to be an arena shooter like Halo. And I don't think it's supposed to be because if it were, then you wouldn't be able to bring in the best weapons in the PvP. That's sort of their format, right? Is that Halo is if you want a good weapon, you have to know where it is on the map and you have to control the map and get it. That's that's great game design for competitive. Destiny's game design is good for the meta competitiveness of like, well, I did this activity enough and grinded it out. So now I have this ability or power that I wouldn't have been able to get normally. So yeah, it's just a different format. Yep. Very fair. Yep. All right. Well, anything else you guys, (laughs) anything else you want to touch on for uh, currently playing anything else you guys been playing? You want to mention? This isn't the part where I talk about remnant, is it? No, that we're going to touch on that next actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the run-up show. Cool. Okay, let's go ahead and get to our first kind of super chat uh, call out here. You guys go ahead and take it away, please. Uh, get these up on the screen, starting with Winward Leaf, who gave us a super chat right out of the gate before we started this morning. We were even on the air when this came out. $10 from Winward Leaf after the burger debacle a couple of weeks back. I decided to check out Debate. Debate. Super burgers this uh, past Friday in San Francisco. Gotta say, banger. I hate that word. Uh, you can even uh, get gin spiked milkshakes. Yep. Yeah, I'll be honest. Super duper. I've been craving it ever since that conversation because so it's just so dang good. And so I might, I might get some today. To be honest with you. Oh no, Stacy. Oh All no. Right. Oh Stacey. no. <laughs> Oh Lord! Wait, I just saw it pop thank, up. Thank you, Winward Lee, for the super chat. Okay. Appreciate you. She's really getting her money's worth. Jesus. Oh Christ. yeah. She Nicholas Starow, Union Rep Labor Law, with the fifty yes. krona. Uh, so Ains, a few uh, screws loose and not all wiring connected to the mainframe. <laughs> and how's the setup going? Try this. Uh, a human at a party, person experiencing uh, hypothermia. Um, nuclear explosion happening within somebody's skull. Uh, alien face. There you go. Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. Uh, it's going really well, actually. This new setup is amazing. Uh, I did one of those things that many of us have been guilty of where I started to build out a new PC. I uh, had the company and shout out. Basically, you can kind of see it in the corner there. Seattle built PCs. Uh, they are a small PC building company out of Seattle. Uh, absolutely fantastic to work with. They reached out to me when I posted about uh, wanting to work with someone to build a new PC. They worked to me every step of the way, every, you know, every piece, everything. Very reasonable. And it's a fantastic, high quality PC. Um, so, but I made the mistake of doing that. And then along the way, deciding, oh, I kind of need a new desk too. Oh, I should put my monitors on adjustable arms and, oh, I better get a new APC too. So I don't want to talk about the several thousand dollars I'm in at this point, but <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, the new setup is is very, very nice for both work and season gaming, of course. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. <clears throat> All right. You're on mute. I know. Yeah, I do that on purpose. Because every you have to have that happen at least once an episode. Hey, Dan, you're muted. <laughs> All right, Bomber with the $2 Super Chat. Diablo 4 is a great game. Dodge still sucks. Grinning <laughs> face with teeth. Yeah, he doesn't like the dodge. I've played with Bomber. He doesn't like the dodge mechanic. I, um, I thought I liked the dodge. What's wrong with the dodge? I don't like it. 
I don't know. I, 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 putting distance between you and the enemies, especially when they get all around you, seems pretty important. So I like it. <laughs> I think uh, it is a little different. So I know he's rolled a barbarian as I did too. And what I've heard is sometimes with the barbarian, obviously uh, you have to be in close most of the time and the dodge doesn't really kind of give you a getaway that may be uh, equal to the other classes. But then, you know, I guess that's part of the argument about the barbarian as a class to begin with. So I don't know. Mm. Some people I know like it. Some people I know don't. Bomber is clearly on the don't. Bomber, thanks for the super chat. Google man in the house. Yeah, with the five euros. Enter the Gungeon spin-off? Gungeon. Gungeon, yeah. House of the Gundead. All right. Arcade cabinets are finally available at the small yeah. cost of a small used car plus shipping. Yay. I have a, an anecdote about this. So oh. uh, this is an arcade cabinet with two uh, plastic guns on it, and it looks super cool. I believe it's $6,000. Oh. I, I, I briefly considered buying it because I think it would be a huge flex to have in your house. Like but, two uh, statues. We're trying to get one in the IGN office. Uh, we're trying to either get them to give us it for a review or sell it to us at a discount or uh we're trying to get per schneider ceo of, of ign to uh to uh buy one for us and we're like yeah we'll do all this content creation with it whatever we have to say to get it so um yeah i i want to play that game it looks super cool it looks super cool <laughs> if you go to the website dan it will make you want one it will it just looks like a great like a really fun time so and I am not going to the website. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, and do not go to the website. You will want it. You will want that's, it. It's it really it's it's they whatever they did to make that part of your brain light up that makes you want to buy it. it they did it. You know, it's very good. Yeah, that's that's dangerous. Very dangerous. Thank you, Google Man. All right. Uh Britt Cormier, five dollar super chat. All this uh talk about D4, no one talking about the greatest Diablo game ever. Do you not have phones? Wow. Uh, a, a explosion within one's brain that is most likely metaphorical in nature. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Diablo Mortal is a Diablo game, I guess. Sure. Uh, I yep. did not genuinely enjoy it that much personally, but I that's just me. didn't even finish it, unfortunately. <laughs> Britt, thank you very much. Wow. I'm just I'm just looking at what's really next here. Uh, Kevin Golding with a five dollar super chat. My big problem with the path that Diablo has gone is that the inter- or that internet is required to play single player. Is that still the case? It is. Yes, it is, Kevin. Yes, it is. Uh, there are a number of reasons for that. Um, so there's there's things, for instance, uh, in Diablo 4 that uh, there's world events, right? So world events pop up. I think I commented on how some of the stuff will just pop up in real time. That's all obviously internet-based. Uh, loot instancing even uh, can be adjusted in real time when games are internet-based. Uh, dungeons are instanced, right? Uh, so there, there's quite a few aspects of the game that kind of require being connected. I know it's not ideal when you just like to kind of be offline and play solo, um, but you know, for the most part, a lot of the design mechanics in these modern games require real-time processing. And to do that, you know, you got to be connected to a server somewhere. I also don't think it's a bad thing. There, there's also the, like, it's a gameplay decision too. Like I was talking with somebody in the comments about this. Like when you're fighting a world boss, you can't really beat it with four characters. You kind of need like a whole swarm of them to like gang up on this thing. And so 
Uh, it also allows you to kind of encounter people in the world that aren't your party, but they can kind of help you yep. clear enemies or do they have like public event type things where there's like little encounters that are sometimes really difficult and you need more than one person. Um, so I think it allows you to do stuff you can't normally do personally. And maybe this is like a, a, a thing that, you know, I is bad about me uh, is that I don't really understand people's apprehension to required online since pretty much everything requires online, including every game nowadays have you ever tried to play the xbox series x or ps5 offline it's nigh impossible it's like pretty much every game requires it so i don't know i don't i don't understand people's apprehension it's like no i'm 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 with you travis i think 10 years ago maybe it's a different discussion right but i think now um it's i mean everyone's online all the time um and you know the my only uh uh you kind of commented on it earlier travis my only complaint right is when you do have those kind of server delay issues where you go to like smack an enemy and it doesn't register that you smack the enemy right that wouldn't be a problem if it were local so if True. they they fix they fix those out uh, i don't have a problem otherwise yeah there's there's that there's the getting kicked to server and then there's the you know once the servers get turned off does your access to diablo 4 disappear forever sure. so there are legit sure. co- uh, concerns about it but i I don't know. I'm not. I've never been afraid of the the new thing, the new the ch- of change. That's not something that scares me. So I, you know, I just am a little bit more accepting of it. Yeah, and it, and it is, and it is possible for these this type of game. Right? Like, say, ten years from now, they're going to end Diablo Four support. It is very possible for them to uh, change the underlying um, or modify the underlying mechanics to be static, so it could therefore be played offline. You just won't get all the features of the real time you know, stuff that we just yeah. mentioned, right? So, yeah. Uh, Kevin, thank you. Uh, Marianne Williams, just with a $20 super sticker over on Hoag's channel. Thank you, Marianne. Appreciate the support, the continued support. I know you've uh, given many super stickers over the past several weeks, so thank you for that. Appreciate it. All right, audio listeners, I will preface this is going to be a, an interesting comment. Travis has some work to do here. Stacy putting him on notice right oh, out boy. of the gate. Oh, Let's go. Boy. Yeah, you better <laughs> tip for Hogue, emo read for Trav. There you go. All man. right, those are paw prints, most likely left by a, a canine. Uh, that is a human, either devouring or vomiting money. Uh, person who is uh, saying something that is censored. Who is censoring him? Is it a political censorship? It might not be a curse word. It could be that he's speaking out against the powers that be and the powers that be have silenced him. Uh, That is a human invading. No, not a human. That is a alien invading space, a space invader. Um, Somebody crossing their fingers, maybe to make a promise or maybe because they're the fingers are behind their back and they're they're betraying someone's trust. I believe that is a a cowgirl, a a farmer, a female farmer looks like to me. A human in a bathtub, maybe relaxing, maybe moments away from suicide. That's what I think of when I see someone in a bathtub. Um, Maybe do something nice. That is a sheep. I'm going to say a baby sheep, maybe a a U. Is that how you pronounce it? E-W-E. A chipmunk, I believe, a parrot, a clove of garlic, some beans, magic beans, coffee beans, cocoa beans, possibly, a kitchen knife, 
I believe that is a cappuccino or a hot beverage of some kind. Uh, that one, I have no godly idea what that is. It looks like a little green, little green logo. I can't see anything. Yeah, what is that? Oh, that's a tire. It's a car tire. Um, a rocket ship, a bellhop's bell, or a front desk bell. Um, I be- Is that a Japanese couple? No, those are, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, pepper triggers? No, no, it is Japanese. The uh, geishas. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm. great. Sure. They're, they're Japanese people. And then some martial arts uniform. Uh, ping pong paddle with a ball. Military helmet. A, what is that? A hammer and a pick. Sure, I guess somebody's, somebody's mining or sculpting, perhaps. Uh, a gears slash settings wheel. Empty bucket. Maybe I'm pessimistic. Is the bucket full? And I'm... Okay, uh, and then a, a tombstone, a headstone. Yeah, maybe uh, that's biohazard the in the bathtub. Yeah, bi- biohazard. <laughs> that's true. Biohazard symbol and a, a checkered flag, uh, yeah. commonly used during races. Yeah, items selected at random and may morph in Streamyard. Uh, pirate's yeah. flag. Uh, uh that is a oh we've had this one before i'm gonna i'm gonna say a north star uh sandal with a thong a sled a a small personal aircraft like the type harrison ford is known to crash uh a drink with a straw maybe boba no not boba just looks like a drink with a straw pear a snake ready to strike and that's in its coiled attack position a skunk a smiling face that's blushing. What are they blushing about? Maybe they were, um, maybe they were, uh, they were encountered their crush. Uh, that is a beaming smiley face that is showing all of its teeth, very proud of its, of their perfect smile. And then footprints that are likely human in nature instead of dog-like. I brought it all the way around. That was nice. Good job, Stacy. Cheers for Travis. Gold medal. I'm going to say first place gold medal, unless there's a platinum rank. We don't know. <laughs> Stacy, thank you for the super chat. Good job, Travis. You managed it. Uh, another uh, super chat generally for Travis here. Gecko Gamer back in the house. Yeah. Do you think Destiny 2 will ever be approachable for new players? No. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. I do there not. That's a real, that's a serious answer. No. And I could explain, but. Yeah, we'll talk later if you want, but no, I don't think so. God damn it. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, no, I, I think you're probably right because um, I've gotten in and out of Destiny 2 multiple times and each time I'm just lost and people are like, well, this does this. You know, you play with those people who play all the time, like my stepson. He's like, well, this does this, this does this. It's like, how would I have ever known that? How am right. I supposed to know this? Like, he, he just knows it, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, Gecko. And Stacy back with two more dollars and a few more emojis. Easy one because Travis is a good guy. A good uh, smiley face, a heart that is dripping blood. I think, yeah, dripping blood. Uh, heart, one hundred explosion. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy and Mr. Pompa in the house. Pompa, I will get my revenge on the butcher. I don't know who that is. Uh, that person being thing? murdered, I believe, is the that combination of. I'm going he to is, I think that's a death threat. It's in yeah. uh <laughs> it's in Diablo 4. So Diablo, one of the other things it does in real time is while you're in a dungeon, it can just spawn a random boss from other areas of the game. 
So we were in a dungeon the other night, and the Butcher, who is the famous boss from Diablo 1 and Diablo 3, uh, I can't actually remember if he's in Diablo 2, but he spawned and chased me around. Like, he really disliked me for some reason, um, and uh, he slaughtered us all. He was incredibly wow. strong, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite funny, but it was a good time. So another That's one of those cool things that... Eh, very well could be. I, I I wouldn't even blame him, to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm, thank you, Papa. <laughs> a couple other things I shout out real quick before we move on is uh, I one of the things that doesn't pop up in our live software are uh, member comments. So if you post a member comment, which highlights on YouTube, it doesn't pop over over on StreamYard. So we have a couple. Uh, Fish String says Exoprimal looks good. I still want a new Lost Planet. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, Lost Planet, and see if it, would they ever go back to that. Alex Castellano says, keep up the good work. I've loved learning about season gaming in the BitCast for the last several months. Alex, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, it's awesome to see new people discovering us as well. Uh, there were a couple others that I can't even get back to in YouTube now, so I apologize. But um, thank you for uh, being channel members, of course, both at Season Gaming and Hogue Law. All right, boys, let's move on. So if you weren't aware, and I know Travis mentioned it previously, but he has the IGN first coverage for March, which is uh, Remnant 2, the follow-up, obviously, to Remnant, which was a kind of partial Souls-like with guns type experience. Um, it it kind of has like a, I would, is it fair to say it got like gained like a cult following almost, like a small dedicated following to Remnant? Yes. That really I enjoyed would say it. Some, some people call it a sleeper hit. I would not go that far. I would say it was probably closer to a, a cult, uh, a cult classic. Not yeah, classic, like a, but a, cult, a cult like game. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it was, like a uh, small audience that really enjoys it. I think what happened was it came out and, probably didn't get played a lot but then when it got on game pass and it was also on the epic game store for free uh i think then it just sort of blew up and people started yeah. playing it a lot and uh i including me i also played it because i saw it on game pass and me and my buddy decided to try it out and um it was initially created by five to six developers i think by the end of its create uh, production time it had like 30 people working on it um so it was a very small team but if you've played that game it punched way above its weight. It was like very surprisingly good. It uses procedural generation uh, to make areas slightly different and rooms connected differently and enemies spawning in different areas uh, and that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, the gunplay was was better than you might expect. And it is a Dark Souls with guns. So it's a Souls-like, but it's got shooting mechanics, uh, skill trees, leveling system. It's sort of like if Outriders were a Souls-like instead of whatever that game is considered, <laughs> which I should probably know. Uh, I, would be the, I don't know. I would probably it. say not good. Not good. Well, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. It was, uh, <laughs> World Slayer at least was, was pretty good. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I played uh, remnant two. I went down to uh, gunfire games headquarters for better part of a week um, and uh, spent time with their team talking to their developers and playing their game in its unfinished state and um, eating a lot of barbecue because it was Texas. And um, yeah, uh, I came away pretty impressed. I can't talk about at least 60% of what I saw. 20% of what I saw, I will never be able to talk about until the game is fully out. But um, by the end of the month, I'll be able to talk about 80% of what I saw. And right now, 
the pieces that we've put out are an interview with the CEO where we talk about um, the dynamic world creation engine and how events and storylines and worlds change organically uh, based on uh, you specifically and what which instances you roll. Um, we talked about, um, we revealed exclusively two of the archetypes, which are kind of like one halves of classes. You can choose two archetypes and that makes your class. It's got a multi-classing system that's really damn cool. Um, and those two are the gunslinger, which is like the DPS Western cowboy theme guy. And then the second one is the handler, which is a support class where you get a dog and then the dog kind of serves as your uh, NPC companion follower that can do a bunch of cool stuff. Um, I read your, uh, not to interrupt you, sorry, but I, I read your article yeah. about that. I found that really a cool idea, if I read it correctly or understood it correctly, <laughs> read it correctly, which is that uh, if you're a solo player and prefer to play solo, you can kind of pick this archetype, which has the dog with you. So you kind of feel like you have a companion with you if you want to, you're not forced it. Correct. Yeah. So you yeah. could do solo and just have a different um, class altogether. But if you're a solo player who maybe wants a little help or wants somebody to help distract you or res you if you go down, you can choose the handler class as your primary archetype. Uh, and then that lets the dog use your dragon hearts, which are basically like your Estus flasks to res you when you go down. Um, and then it has three different modes. You can put it in a defensive mode where its ability is that it can howl and draw everyone's aggro, uh, a, a support mode where it heals you and it has a power where it does AOE healing and an attack mode, which, where it just gets 20% more damage and then it goes, you know, full rage mode and attacks. The dog is also super cool. You can pet the dog. And when you do, you get a temporary buff that, uh, improves your guys's. Uh, stats as you go into battle um when you level up the dog gets on its hind legs and does like a little bit of a dance when you level up um and it just has a lot of personality it's a it's a cool um a cool companion to have so um yeah kind of I'll, I'll talk about two things and then and then i'll stop because there's just so much i could tell you guys about this game and i'm, I'm pretty there's excited a few, about it there's a few questions as well so go okay. ahead and do, go do the and, then, and then i'll Okay, so uh, one of the ones uh, which was asked, which I actually had as well, is how big is the team developing part two then? Have they expanded the team? Is this a bigger effort, bigger funding, bigger budget? What's it look like? Yeah, so uh, since making the first game, uh, two things have happened. One, uh, Gunfire Games got acquired by THQ Nordic. And then almost immediately after that, THQ Nordic got acquired by Embracer Group. And so, as you could imagine, their budget is significantly higher from this game. And it shows. My God, does it show. It is It is so much better in every capacity. Um, and um, the team, I think, on it right now is about 70 people. And I think by the time it's done, it'll be probably closer to 100, um, which is basically everyone at Gunfire Games. There are some people working on another game uh, that obviously I can't talk about either. But... Um, yeah, the, the vast majority of the studio is now working on this game and the studio is a lot bigger than they were. Um, so yeah, much, much bigger team, much bigger budget. They're part of Embracer Group. Super excited to see a game that I really liked that I think was punching above its weight now have a large budget. And I think that at the current budget they're at and the current team, just based on what I've seen and played, I think they're continuing to punch above their weight. It feels very much like it could compete in the AAA space, even though it's very much not a AAA game in terms of budget and uh, how many people they have on the team. So, yeah. Okay, cool. That was from Rob Frawley, by the way. Shout out to Rob. Um, 
Fantastic. Uh, the other question I had was, are they, is the core theme the same, right? Is it still kind of souls based in its methodology or are they trying to kind of uh, move to more, it's more of an action adventure, pure title? No, they're pretty much sticking with souls. Like I will say the one thing that they're leaning into hard that you do not usually see in a souls like game is build crafting. They're very, very, very focused on build crafting. There's like, Actually, I can't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> almost, almost got me. Almost got an exclusive there. Um, but they're, they're, the, the way that, that um, building your classes works is you choose one primary archetype and then a secondary archetype. And the primary archetype, you get all of the skills and abilities in that archetype, but you also get that archetype's super ability. And so for the gunslinger, it's got a super ability where whenever you use your, a skill in the gunslinger tree, you reload all your weapons which is super powerful because reloading and switching between weapons can be uh, really important for DPS and survivability. And then uh, your secondary archetype, you get all the skills and abilities, but you don't, the only thing you don't get is you don't get the super. And so based on that, whichever two archetypes you choose and which one you make your primary versus secondary, there's a bunch of different options of what you can do. And then beyond that, you get to wear five rings, I think it is, and one trinket, you get to customize the way your Dragonheart or Estus Flasks work, which is pretty crazy. I can't talk about that in detail, but um, ba basically it'd be like if your Estus Flask that just heals you in, in uh, Dark Souls, you could you could customize it to do other things, basically. Path of Have Exile does that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won't go into that, but yeah, it does, it, does, it does some interesting stuff there. And then there's a whole bunch of modifiers and abilities on weapons and yada yada. You can fully customize all that stuff and it changes uh it changes the game in a big way so i would say like a um the customization and build crafting of like an outriders or borderlands type game maybe less borderlands more outriders uh and then uh the experience and difficulty and format and formula of a souls like okay and then I think uh, I think Tal just asked a question somewhere. Uh, Rerolling classes. Are you able to kind of re-roll and recreate your character at any time? Or how does that work? Do you know? So this is crazy. Um, the classes are based off of artifacts that you equip. And so at any point in time, you can completely change your which archetypes you have equipped. And then each archetype, each like relic that's associated with that archetype can be leveled up multiple times. And so you can get an archetype artifact to max level and then go okay i'm done playing with that one for now and switch out another one and then start leveling that up and so based on whichever encounter or boss you're facing you could just change your archetype and cl uh, class combination on the fly for anything that you've leveled up sufficiently to a point where you want to play it and so kind of the the loop i was going through when i was playing was i would go through a section kill a bunch of couple bosses and then when i hit level 10 on that artifact i would swap it out for something else or make it my secondary so that i could try out a new one and then just keep going and so it's sort of like play whatever class you want but you can make one character and make them fully leveled on every class and then just swap yeah. between them if you wanted which is crazy yeah very cool yeah very cool so did someone in the chat nick the paranoid said this sounds like remnant too yes it is That's what it does about. it does sound like remnant <laughs> no i think i think what they're saying is maybe that this sounds like they really maybe i'm reading into his comment but it sounds they like they went all out with the sequel like it definitely feels like a sequel which is like maybe the best compliment i could pay it based off of what i've seen of it so far we also got a release date 
uh, or not a release date, release window, which is it's coming out this summer. This summer. So yeah. I was I was only able to talk about that as of Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to play this game. More of it. So you you've gotten me more excited about it. I I enjoyed the first one. Um, it didn't stick with me like uh, I guess some people right, but I did enjoy it, and you could see that there was something there. Um, that they were onto something. So knowing what you've said about the second one and the improvements it makes and kind of the budget and funding and development behind it. Uh, yeah, man, sounds great. Yeah. I think the fact that we're, we're potentially then going to get remnant two, uh, Lords of the fallen, the whole big, large reboot of that, which looks incredible. Uh, and Elden ring, uh, expansion potentially all this year, uh, which is kind of wild to think about souls, yeah. souls guys living well. Yeah, and then the the one thing I wanted to talk about that was maybe the most impressive thing I saw when I was there is the dynamic world creation engine. So part of the demo that I played, what they showed me there, is I went through one world. Uh, Remnant has multiple worlds. It has like six or seven realms that you enter, and they're all completely unique like settings, basically, and you travel between them. That's kind of the loop of the game. It's kind of like God of War. Uh, where you're going to different, you know, realms and they all have like a thing, you know, like a gimmick and a story. Mm. Um, and every time you enter a realm, it load, it creates a version of that realm that is unique to you. And so uh, the first thing it does is it picks what boss you're fighting. And based on the boss you're fighting, the the kind of like mini boss that's part there, um, it it mutates the world around it and the enemy mobs that you face to match that. And so I, I went through the same world three times. The first time it was like a dark forest. Everything's red and crimson and kind of bloody. And so you can tell it's on this planet or this world called Yesha, right? And you're fighting all these lizards that like hang out in trees and they wait for you to walk by them. And then they slither down the tree and they attack you from behind. And it had like this very interesting kind of like, I always felt like I was getting ambushed environment. And then I fought a boss at the end and all that stuff. The second time I loaded up the world, they're like, all right, we're going to roll a new world for you. Go, you know, and I went in. And the second time, Yesha was a bunch of floating islands. And like I was having to jump between things and climb up. And the enemies I were fighting were like these little floating tentacle guys with like slithery you know, tentacle limbs. And they were shooting homing like laser bolts at me and stuff like that. And I was like, whoa, you could tell it was the same world, but it was just a very different part of that world with different enemies. And then the boss I fought at the end was different and it was reflective of the types of creatures i was finding and then they were like all right we're gonna do it one more time and they threw me in this time and again they're just giving me random roles they're not like pre-crafting these for me they're just like let's just yeah. see what happened they hit it and the third time i almost immediately go indoors into a temple and i have to use a, a, a flashlight because it's super dark in there and i'm fighting all of these cultists that are like running up to me and exploding and like hitting me with you know slashing at me and stuff like that and then i fought a boss at the end Am um, I allowed to talk about this? Not yet. I fought a boss at the end that was completely different uh, from any of the other two and had this really weird mechanic and I, it was just completely different. And so the idea of the game is that every time you roll your version of the realm, you get different NPCs in a storyline that are randomly rolled. You get bosses that are out of a few selections that are randomly old, rolled. Um, the actual tiles that are connecting the world and the different rooms and stuff that you explore and what loot is there are also randomly generated. And so basically from the start of the game, including the tutorial, the tutorial can start in different realms based on which one you get. And so the idea is like you could watch a streamer play the game and go, that looks cool. I want to try it and then see nothing that was in the streamer's playthrough. Like 
nothing like different bosses different worlds different starting point like all that stuff can be different and so it just made me really excited uh because you know you could play through the whole game and then either play through it again with a different character or if you wanted you could actually re-roll each realm to try to get different stuff next time and every time you re-roll it it rolls at your current level right so you could play it at level 10 and then go through the rest of the game and then go back and re-roll the first starting area and then it'll be at max level if you're at max level and then you can just dive back in and see different stuff and get different storylines try to get certain storylines to trigger that you know unlock certain loot or archetypes some archetypes are unlocked by completing certain storylines and beating certain bosses and so um it's just crazy man like I, i was just super impressed by the ambition of it and obviously you know jury's still out on how well it'll work and how much content they actually have packed in it is it enough to 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 actually be as random as they're saying um but that anecdote that the ceo gave me when i interviewed him was you know i really hate playing through video games twice if i play a game i can't play it again and so i wanted to make a game that i could actually tolerate twice because i <laughs> will get different different content every time i i play it and so um that definitely speaks to me as a guy who has gaming adhd and also just regular adhd um and so i i uh, am really uh, excited to play this game and just you know it, it sounds like something i could stick with for a long while and just replay it a bunch and and that's just super exciting to me so so uh two things real quick i think um one of the cool things is you can you can hear the excitement in your voice which i think uh the fact that you're this excited about it uh probably should tell people that know this show that uh you know this sounds like it could be a very good game as you said obviously it has to land and we'll see what delivery is like etc but um sounds very impressive and uh, definitely a game i'd like to try i guess my other question is uh because you mentioned loot and my mind immediately goes to okay so there's souls like loot which is an arpg loot but it is not instance right souls loot is always in the same place it's instance from drops uh but it it's loot location in the world is always the same so is this game like that or is this game more like your borderlands where it drops are completely randomized and there's like high level of uh, uh variety in each drop to drop uh it is somewhere in between those two things so okay I don't, I can't really explain it. There's, um, and this is mostly because I didn't see it. I, it's very clearly something they were still working on. Seeing games in really early states is often weird because you're like, what is this? And they're like, eh, we're working on it. Um, but for example, uh, one of the times I played through Yesha when I was on the version of it that had these floating islands, I accidentally stumbled upon what seemed to me very clearly a puzzle. And uh, the game developer was like, yeah, that's a, optional quest line that spawned for you it's one of the many things that can happen when you roll yesha and he was like but it would take a long time don't worry with it and i was like no forget you i'm i'm gonna take a whole bunch of time out of the day to figure this out um and so i did and i solved this puzzle i had to go around the island and do specific things and then when i went back it unlocked the secret room and when i went through it i got a crossbow weapon and so it seems like certain loot is like dark souls in specific places or you get it from specific bosses but the key is in getting it to spawn in your realm in your version of the realm and then completing it to get the loot and so it seems like it might be specific um i didn't play enough um and obviously it's not in a final state to say definitively but it feels less like diablo or destiny where it's like a random loot drop and a little bit closer to dark souls but it's somewhere in between as well because 
it's not like, oh, the, here's the stats and they're completely random and the perks are random, but it also isn't just like, go here, get this thing every time. It's like sort yeah. of a little bit more chance based. So, okay. Yeah, it's just interesting. It's unique. A lot about that game is unique. And you're, you're definitely right that I'm excited for it. Like, obviously, games can let you down and people will know that even when I'm excited about games, I still am not afraid to give them bad scores if I feel like they failed to deliver. So, proof will be in the pudding. But I will say this as an anecdote and then you can kind of understand i left that uh demo and went home and then i turned on my xbox and i got sad that i couldn't play the game i was like oh my mm -hmm. god this game doesn't come out for six months because i wanted <laughs> to play more of it and then i realized that's like a very unique thing with being a reviewer or somebody who does previews is like i had to wait six months to play this game again and i played a mm -hmm. lot of it and i got really excited about it i was i was getting into it you ever get into a game and it just like bites you and that's all you can think about of course that happened that happened to me and then I left and then went, Oh no, I can't play it anymore. <laughs> like it just really hurt me. So I actually got a little sad when I couldn't play it anymore. And when I thought about how long I have to wait to play it, uh, for it to come out. So I guess that's just, you know, a, a, a pretty big compliment to pay it, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this game. I think, I think it'll, if they play their cards, right. I'm they, they told me they don't have cross play yet. And I want, I told them, I was like, you should do that. If you don't do that, I think you're going to not be as uh, popular as you should be. Um, and then two, I, uh, you know, th it's so ambitious. I'm a little worried, but aside from that, uh, I, I think it's going to punch above its weight and it has the potential to be really, really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's remnant too. I will continue to give you guys more information as I can. I have one new piece of content coming next week i think it's on wednesday and then one final preview at the end of the month at which point i'll be able to talk about 80 percent of what i saw and cool uh, yeah okay pretty cool fantastic yeah a lot of people in chat saying they didn't really know much about it but are more excited about it now so i think education is a good thing and uh it's yeah one to watch it's one to watch get excited about it fantastic sounds like right up dan's alley yeah the souls like yeah. Okay. I pretty much tuned out after Souls Like was mentioned, and that was it. But I'm super excited that you were super uh -huh. excited, Travis. Yeah, honestly, it, awesome. it is. It, I mean, it's still a Souls Like, but if you like like third person shooters, you can play it with friends, and it feels less. Yeah, it's still challenging. Don't get me wrong; you'll die, but it's not like when you die, you feel like, oh, I lost all this progress. I have to start all over. It's sort of just, sure. I don't know. It to me, it felt sure. more kind of. It could be casualized, although you can play it on nightmare mode, which is, as you might expect, a nightmare. Um, but it has difficulty settings, which is something that a lot of souls likes are afraid of doing. And they were like, nah, we'll put it in people because it's kind of like Diablo, right? Where you've got world level. It's very mm -hmm. similar to, to that. But they're like, we've got nightmare for the people who want to go all out and play like the hardest version of the game. But I think that makes it less insane of a souls like where it's not like they're choosing the difficulty level for you. They've got kind of tiers and you can pick one. And so I played on the hardest difficulty they would let me. Um, but, you know, playing on an easier difficulty, especially if you play with the handler subclass and you have a dog that's honestly in the version I played overpowered and also able to revive you when you go down, it's less of a problem. So, mm. yeah, cool. no. I don't actually don't have friends. So there's that <laughs> problem, you know. Yeah, there's several problems. You have there's two friends right here who would definitely play Remnant <laughs> 2 with you. Yeah. Damn. That would require actual... No. No. It's too much effort. It's too much effort. This guy. This guy. He's mm -hmm. going to put another 100 hours in the horizon. 
So. Yes, I actually turned that on this week. <laughs> oh my god! Mostly, Stop mostly it. because we 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 kind of glossed over the fact that we lost one of our best actors, uh, voice actors, uh, just people in the world. It's literally, Destiny. it's literally a bullet point to talk about after Travis right. talked about Destiny Two, and we, yeah, we. I, uh, I so, turned it go on for it. to to see Lance. Uh, we lost Lance Reddick a couple days ago, right? Uh, or was it yep. yesterday? Uh, it was uh, Friday. Sixty Friday. years old. It's insane, man. All I know is when I saw it. I mean, I, I was just it was I was beside myself. I mean, I, I I don't even know what to say at this point. It's really sad. Uh, I know. My son, I, I texted him, and he's like, "Well, you just basically my whole day is basically ruined now." You know, big Destiny fan, so uh, I loved him in John Wick. I loved him in The Wire. Uh, he, he was great. He was just that guy, and he, and just based on what I saw from his uh, Twitter feed, he just seemed like a nice person. Yeah, you know, like just a genuine good guy, and you don't get that very often anymore. So, you know, shout out to Lance. Uh, wherever you are now, man, I hope that. So uh, I'll, yeah, I'd like to give a, an ode to him as well, because I actually met the guy. Um, he was on an episode of fire team chat with me um, promoting a season of Bosch. I believe that he was a show he was on. Um, is, that, is that back during the fat Travis day? Is that, that back during the fat Travis days? Uh, and and uh, yeah, I, I actually, I think the video I sh- sent you was the Lance Reddick episode yes, when, it was. when I was telling you yep. that I was fat. Um, but uh, he uh, he was such a nice guy. Like before the show, he was just like gagging with us and it was super open during the interview. And then afterward, he hung around and just like chilled with us for a bit and talked and gabbed. And he was just such a nice dude, like genuinely and a great gamer. He was like he played Destiny all the time. He had played Destiny the the day he died. Apparently, he was online. We, we uh, people uh, went and looked at his activity and saw he was online that very day, a couple hours before. Um, and he's just such a a kind, warm dude. Super funny, super willing to just like tell you know unflattering stories and uh, just sh- like share who he was. And um, I I felt very very like obviously shocked like everyone else but just so sad uh when i heard this news um you know i only met him once and talked to him for a couple hours but it was uh he was just such a a pillar of the destiny community and of the games community in general um and movies you know which i don't even really watch too many movies but like the wire goaded show um so yeah it, it just felt like a kind of a personal loss and uh yeah it just bums me out guys yeah it's uh yeah it was it was you guys said it was a surprise it was a shock it was disappointing uh i was at comic-con on friday and uh my stepson sure enough uh destiny players i've mentioned many times uh he goes uh zavala died and i was like what do you mean and he's like the actor who plays Zavala. I was like, Lance Reddick. I was like, no way. I was like, he was just posting on Twitter yesterday. Like I literally just read something from him. Um, sure enough. And uh, like you guys said, I think one of the things I'm kind of cautious of for me personally is like, uh, you know, there, there's some actors we grew up, especially from the eighties, Dan, that uh, aren't very good people. Right. It's like you, you grew no. up loving their movies and watching their movies and, you know, idolizing them. And then you, you kind of discover them in real life and their beliefs and the way they, you know, 
I don't have to say anymore, but they're just not good. You people. subtweeting um, about Mel Gibson? Is that what this is? No. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's an example. Um, but, uh, you know, Lance, as you guys already said, seemed uh, a genuinely good person. And, and everyone who uh, I've seen interact with him, like yourself, Travis, or anyone else has said he's just he was awesome. And so uh, it's uh, another yet another. I feel like we talk about this a lot, a stark reminder that life is fleeting and uh you know take care of those around you those you love and uh live life to the fullest because you just you just never know and i know a lot of people say that and it's easy to go you know it's easy to say that and then just go right back into your daily routine but it's 100 percent true and i i will remind people of that frequently so uh yeah shout out to lance shout out to his family i know that uh his family posted yesterday i believe or his wife did uh so, someone very close to him i'm sorry i don't know exactly but basically saying they've been overwhelmed by the uh you know the geek community basically the gamers and you know everyone who's into that basically reaching out and just you know honoring him in their in their own ways and i know they were doing that in destiny yeah um, if you were visiting his character in destiny and holding vigils yeah. in front of it which was just so heartwarming oh, it made me feel awesome. yeah tons of them it made me and I, I, I went i went to the tower that night too and i just saw the groups out there and i was just like sometimes gamers are Sometimes gamers do be good. Good folk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know who we're talking about, uh, he was in, I actually looked up like his kind of a uh, biography, if you will, of a discography, I guess you could say, of all the things he's been in. He has been in more things than you could possibly imagine. Like between TV shows, movies, and games. He's in, he's in all kinds of stuff. He was in Rick and Morty once. He was in all yeah. kinds of shows <laughs> like I never, uh, you know, would even think that he was in. So, uh, trust me, if you don't know who we're talking about, you have seen or heard him at some point. I can almost yeah. guarantee it. It's his yeah. voice. It's so iconic. If you guys want something in chat uh, to go watch and make you laugh super hard, go. I think it's a funny or die video with him where he's like a toy store manager. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch I it. I haven't. It's freaking hilarious. Slightly crude, but amazing. Like amazing, he it's it's Lance Reddick. When you when you hear that iconic, you know, just the cadence of his voice, and 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 he's a manager of a toy store. It's it's awesome. It's amazing. It's my favorite. Can you, it's one of my favorite uh, things he's done. Put a reminder in uh, our our big cast DM, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I want watch that. Watch his appearance on the Eric Andre show, which is just and insane. Toys are me. That's and what then, it was. And then, uh, okay. I really liked him in um corporate have you this a comedy central show uh it's a little nihilistic uh and he plays the ceo of the corporation and mm -hmm. he's like a psychopath who will like literally kill people <laughs> you know over the most asinine things and he's scary in that show uh it's yeah it's a, it, he, he he was so good man he's gonna be missed so much yeah big time big time good call out dan i'm i'm frustrated i missed that earlier in our, our notes here so good shout out there all right. Um, so one thing we, a couple of things we didn't get to last week um, that, uh, you know, because of the uh, game show that we didn't talk about is uh, the Starfield news. So I want to touch on that just really quick. So Starfield uh, is going to release in September now. That's the new release date. And they are going to hold an event on June 11th, which will probably be another one of those kind of 
Todd Howard like presentations, you know, going into more of Starfield and what's been done with the time and how it's polished, et cetera. Uh, and I have to imagine June 11th being the day that that's going to coincide with uh, either, you know, Xbox's showcase or that E3 week, uh, which uh, I should be out there for. Should be good. Uh, by the way, Travis, I am uh, booking to go out there. So you better come up and hang out. Uh, I have uh, I've not booked any work for that week, but there's still time. We'll see. Okay. Um, so really not, not big news here. Uh, I saw, you know, again, there's people that are upset that it's not releasing before June because of the whole showcase last year and everything's going to release in the next 12 months type thing. But in my opinion, guys, this couldn't be more perfect. Uh, the delay doesn't bother me at all. Uh, not even a little bit. And I think that September for this game is, is perfect. It kind of, starts has you know maybe the first kind of gigantic release of the 2023 fall season and i think it gets it away from june which quite frankly june is stacked and it's not to say that that other games would have impeded starfield's success but i think with diablo already releasing in june street fighter 6 releasing in june you've got final fantasy 16 just before that at the end of may um it's already a very stacked time so personally for me i love this news and if it gives them more time to kind of uh kill more of those famous bethesda bugs and i'm all for it i think tears of the kingdom is are also late may right like Le, um, may, yeah. may 12th maybe off oh is off that early oh, no. off memory i may be wrong but yeah so anyway i may and june are stacked right so i, I think this is just a, a really good spot for it and uh, i'm excited and i'm actually glad that they're going to get more time to polish it up I, I, I just want you know I just don't want it to hit like right where Spider-Man Two does. I don't know when that's coming out yet. But if it hits it's an eight-hour game, dude. You'll get through. Well, Spider-Man no, it's too. not. You just yes, because you is. don't know how to play single-player games because you're so stuck in Destiny. Listen, it's easy. It's not a game. Super short. Spider-Man Two will be at least a fifty-hour game. Just because fifty. What are you I doing mean, in it? Gosh, I bro. have. I, in Spider-Man between Spider-Man and Miles, I probably got over two hundred hours. I know that it takes you a while. That doing? doesn't make any sense. I've played it several times, too. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, I've got the platinum. You know, I've, I've done everything. Are you, do you die? Is like my favorite you, superhero of all time. There's no do you die every time you encounter an enemy? Day, Starfield goes here that I will get to eventually when Spider-Man 2 is finished. Because that'll be number one. That's my most anticipated game this year. You know, I'm not saying it's... You know, I, I'm not expecting... I'm expecting greatness from Starfield. Like in my head, I'm like, this better be awesome. I really want this to be great. But uh, in reality, in my heart, I'm just like, this is going to kill me because it's another Bethesda game. But we'll see. You know, I'm not going to pass judgment. I'm going to, you know, they've had plenty of time. Hopefully it's awesome and it releases in a good state, even a good state. Like, I'm not even, it doesn't have to be perfect because that's what Bethesda is. I mean, you never get it. Never. So, Dan said, Tal said, Dan, 200 hours. What in the hell are you doing? <laughs> I've played it several times over. That's between two games, too, also. And okay, DLC, but don't tell you. me it's not an eight hour game because you played it 50 times. Listen, that doesn't make any make sense. A, you can make a lot of games eight hour games if you really want to. There's guys that speed run Souls likes in like an hour or two. You know, that's fine. fine. You you know, know, those are it. vastly different things. Well, yeah, yeah. that's basically what you're doing. You're not enjoying it. You're basically shoving the food in your mouth and just like, <laughs> and that's all. That's not doing. true. I enjoyed. Like, you got to savor the flavor. 
Save I enjoyed Spider-Man and I beat it in one sitting. It was great. Yeah. I played it. That's I got ridiculous. through the story. I went, this is awesome. Look, there's some Jews yeah. hanging out on Saturday. I was like, it's cool. And then I left. <laughs> ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually in between you guys, but this is quite funny. Uh, yeah, you gotta, honestly, you got to enjoy it a little bit. I'm sure I, you're in between us, but you're closer to eight hours than 200. Are you not? <laughs> I, 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 I. I can't even comment because I didn't finish Spider-Man, so I don't want to comment on something I don't know. But all the conversations we've had about Spider-Man is that it's like a 15-hour game. I think eight may be calling it a little short, but, uh, it, you know, I, I don't know. I can't comment. But, yeah, I okay, think but, I think yeah, spending 200 hours on that game to, is crazy. 15 is a lot closer to eight than it is to 200, just for the record. Just for anybody who I said know. over two games i played it several times obviously i didn't put 200 or 200 game hours into one playthrough obviously but eight hours is stupid i mean that's why do you even buy it why did you even play it that's what i asked so i can why play, would you even buy it to play for eight hours it, it's a single player story story-based game why, why do you need to play it more than once why are, oh. what, what's the right, point listen, you're talking that. to a guy that's 300 hours in horizon forbidden west right, that, so i mean that sounds full. like a personal problem i don't understand right, the Took my time, didn't rush through it. I enjoyed it, it at the too. hardest difficulty, mind you. And that's something that I don't do. So I mean, I just take my time. I don't need to, I don't need to enjoy what these guys have worked so hard for and not just rush through it. You know, you're that guy that goes to that really fancy restaurant and just like shovels in the thing. The chef is looking like did you taste it? You didn't taste it. How could you have tasted it? You basically just shovel no, it in. And just no, leave it. You I'm chew. the guy. I'm the guy who goes to the fancy restaurant. I eat my food and then I leave. You're the guy who goes to the restaurant, eats their <laughs> yes, food so. extremely slowly, vomits it up yes. back on the plate, eats it again, vomits <laughs> it back up on the plate, eats again. Does it look like I vomit out, anything up? And then that and then insane. hangs out and then and then opens a tent in the restaurant floor and hangs out for two weeks there for no apparent reason. That's what you're doing. Yes, if it's it's good, not. I will do that. Absolutely. By the way, by the way, uh, Mr. Babbitt in the chat, shout out Joe. He says Spider-Man is like 15 to 20 hours. Miles is six to eight. That's what he said. Yeah. That's that's a fair. Yeah, that's oh my that's god. That's it. That that my seems more god. fair. No. I, I I I say all the I say all the time. This is but imagine, right, Travis? Like if you ask any normal person, like how long is Hitman 3? They'll say exactly. 10, 10, 15, 10, 15 hours. I played Hitman 3 over a weekend. Like yeah. it was like, I, okay, I, that was a fun you game. Can, I, hold on, wait. That's like a three-hour game. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, that's what that this is my point, Dan. Is I I beat that whole game. I replayed some missions doing them different ways. The way, you know, I'm not a huge Hitman fan. So 10 to 15 hour game. But Dan will find a way to play that game for 500 hours. And I love that about Dan because I always say I wish I loved something as much as Dan loves Hitman. Um and yeah. Spider-Man, knowing that Spider-Man is your favorite character in the world, uh that's great. If you enjoy the hell out of it so much that you play it several times, fantastic. I would never hold yeah, that against you. Right before but, the show started, I pre-ordered every single Funko Pop from the new Across the Spider-Verse. All of them. Exclusives. Everything. There's like 15 or 20 of them. I have them all coming. I have all of them, mind you, from the Miles Morales game. I have them all sitting upstairs, including exclusives. I have one that's worth $120. You know, that's my big collection. I love Spider-Man. I love Miles especially, you know, because he is uh, a different kind of a character than Peter Parker ever was. So I, I love that guy. But, you know, 
as far as games go, I mean, there's no reason to to pay sixty dollars so you can spend eight hours with something. That's ridiculous. And uh, one thing you will never get criticism from me on is buying merchandise to support something you love. <laughs> I would like to update uh, my restaurant metaphor. In addition to doing everything that I said Dan does as uh, before, he also brings a collection of dolls with him to the restaurant. <laughs> I do not bring dolls with me. Just to That's add the to the visual. That's the Just only to add to the visual that I own. Of this, of this, regur- of this regurgitated feast where he camps out. He also has dolls with him, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I sit there and play the bobblehead. Right. So, uh, so uh, Starfield. Yeah, uh, Starfield. I, that's I, where I, we honestly, were. Uh, that's this is where we were. Honestly, Dan, I don't think there's any chance in hell that we see Spider-Man in September. Uh, I think that Spider-Man, in my opinion, uh, obviously going to be a major major release for playstation right i mean uh spider-man i have said it many times it's our best-selling first party game in all time uh the original spider-man so this is going to be gigantic it's uh but i think that it's probably fair to assume and i trust insomniac intrinsically they're just one of those studios that always delivers um but i feel that it'll come later they're going to need more time to kind of get that out this year so i don't know i'm my guess would be november that's gonna be my guess for spider-man for Spider-Man. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I, I'm hoping it pushes it back. I mean, Starfield is going to be a humongous game, right? I mean, it's just going to be a huge time sink, which I love because, again, that's what I do. You know, I when I, when I, I maybe I value games different than other people, but when I buy a single player game, I'd like to know that I'm going to get 50 to 60 hours out of it. That's normally not the case. It's usually closer to 20 to 40. Like for just a regular single player game, uh, I don't play it super fast, any games really. So, uh like like a yakuza game you know i can pay 60 bucks for that i mean i bought yakuza zero for like five bucks i mean i can't like that's how the value translates for me so stuff like starfield or uh skyrim or fallout you know i got you know a ton of value for myself out of those kind of games and i'm you know so i'm looking forward to starfield i think it's you know i'm glad they pushed it back again hopefully that'll fix any other you know, bugs that were, you know, really prevalent, at least the big ones. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see what it's about. But I mean, at this it, point, this thing needs to come out and just smash. I mean, so I, you, I just wanted to kill. Yeah, I, well, I think we all do. And I think you're right. I think the expectations for this game are through the roof. But there is a distinct irony in this conversation, Dan, is mm-hmm. that the irony is, is uh, you're describing your experience of uh, single player games and wanting value and time out of those games, which I can certainly appreciate. But if there are any single player games that have near endless replay value, I would say that major Bethesda RPGs are probably damn near yeah. the top. Um, never mind that this game's on Game Pass. So if you're talking about value to hours spend, uh, this game would probably destroy Spider-Man by a huge margin if you remove the brand love, right? I'm talking about game design. Um, yeah, I think so, more people will play that game for sure. Uh, more more people. Starfield. I mean, no, not, I just meant like if your concern is time to value, right? Oh, time. no, no, no. I'm, not, I'm buying... I'm buying Starfield. There's no Game Pass okay. thing on it. I mean, that's stupid. Because um, I don't play. I mean, I don't play anything else on Game Pass. I, I, you know, all that did, all that getting this one month would confirm to me was that yeah, I should just buy the game because I really, you know, like last year I think I bought like three or four. You know, but it's it's it's. I don't I don't like these subscription services. 
generally, and that's not just gaming ones. I hate Netflix and Hulu and all the other crap that I have to have because <laughs> other people use it. Not me. Wait, if you but, if you, know. you bought three or four games, wouldn't that mean that Game Pass would have saved you money? I'm just doing the math in my head here. Well, if I bought five games, like, technically, if they were all on Game Pass, which they weren't. So, I mean, I think I bought, what, like Horizon You mean you bought year? three or four games, period. I thought you meant you bought three, four, three or four games that were on Game Pass. No, 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 no. I don't think I bought that many on Game Pass that were ended up being on Game Pass initially, at least at launch. Because I also have FOMO of you know getting it you know you got to get it right yeah i can't wait for any games to come you know in three months you know to play them because then by that time they're either all spoiled or you know i miss out on all that stuff so i like to have a day one regardless of where it is you know i'm just not that guy i just can't stand subscription services so i try to i've, I've been like i said i've been limiting my subscription intake but then they, they you know these guys know what they're doing you don't think netflix and hulu and everybody gets together and just says, "Hey, we'll take this one. You take this one. Then they'll have to subscribe <laughs> to all of us, you know." And they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Like you know, I was about to get rid of Apple TV, and then Ted Lasso season come on three comes out, and I'm just that's like, a, "That's the best show on TV." Like, come on, it is the best show, right? I mean, come on now. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm basically I'm telling you, I, I have high hopes for Starfield. My my expectations are pretty high, so I want it to be awesome. Um. Just okay. based on the games I've played before. So, Travis, where are you with this in terms of expectations? I don't think you've actually said, like, how hyped are you for Starfield? Um, I think Bethesda software has um, has earned their reputation. And I think uh, we can probably expect great things from them. Um, I haven't been keeping particularly close with the development of that game but i know there's a lot of uh noise and in the form of uh you know interviews and that sort of stuff with the creators and their ambition for it um i'm interested i like bethesda they were one of my favorite studios uh they make high quality games we'll see i'm just keeping it open man don't get don't get too attached i'm a stoic I don't get I don't get super hyped, you know. You get hyped for stuff, and then and then the world gives you Destiny Two Lightfall. So the best <laughs> method is the best best method is to just uh, remain open to the universe and all the possibilities that might come at you, and then occasionally you'll land on one that you hate or that you love. And uh, if there's one that you don't love, then you won't be disappointed because you never Zen everyone. Stoicism. Stoicism. Can we talk right. about Romancelvania, by the way? I actually wanted to talk to you guys about this last week, but uh, we had a game show instead. What? Uh, what? Romancelvania. Oh, my God. It's a Castlevania dating sim. Uh, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? But l- wait, let me pitch this to you, though, because yeah. Ains, right. I know you love you love Metroidvania games. So what imagine if imagine if you were playing a Castlevania game that was also a dating game show where you had to pick like sort of like the bachelor, right? Where you had to pick which of the characters you wanted to advance in the romance storyline. What says ye? You're being serious. This is a real game from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to talk about that, it. I'm that, currently playing. Last that, that was, that was your pitch to me. That's all you got. Yeah. What do you got? 
Yeah, no, I, 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 th- I think I'm good. You think you're good? <laughs> but but here's the thing. If you like Castlevania games, and the only thing that's added to this Castlevania game is an additional mechanic of dating sim, what's your problem with it? Well, is it is it dating sim like I would think of a, a stereotypical dating sim, right? Or do by dating sim, do you mean uh, something more akin to like uh, relationship development, like a Mass Effect style thing? Um, I mean, I would argue that the relationship development for Mass Effect is a dating sim mechanic <laughs> and that they actually borrowed a lot from the genre. Um, but let's say it's it's kind of closer to Mass Effect than like a game where the entire mechanic is like visual novel dating sim. It's like a full Castlevania type game. But then in between you meet characters and you do quests and you have to pick which ones to advance the social links with. And the ones you don't pick get kicked off the show because it's like a reality show, right? Castlevania game. And then you eventually work your way toward whoever you pick as your final mate. So, so, so you're you- telling me that the, the game is, it's, it's a game show mm-hmm. in a castle where you're yes. fighting demons and bosses. Yes. And it's 2D. Yes. Nah, okay. Lost, man. I I'm I'm at a loss. I don't have a lot of <laughs> I, I don't have a lot of words flowing through the brain that kind of guy can attribute to something like that. I would uh I'll check out the trailer. Is this PC only, I presume, at the moment? No, it's on Xbox. <laughs> is it is it on Game Pass? It is not on Game Pass, I wanna say. It's okay. twenty dollars. Okay. Okay, yeah, twenty dollars. So you're. Let, let me ask the the most important question then. Why are you talking to me about this? Is it worth because playing? I forgot to talk about it on currently playing because I was going to talk about it last week, but then we had the game show, so I didn't get to talk about yeah. any games. Um, but this is a game I saw and I immediately went. That looks like a hilarious idea for a game, and I bought it. And my fiance played through the entire game while I was writing Remnant Two coverage in the background, and I just absorbed the entire game through osmosis. <laughs> And I thought, this is hilarious, and it'll be a great way to annoy Ains, Dan, and God willing, Hogue as well, by bringing it up. And so I just wanted to, I just wanted to bring it up to you. Oh, and... we got, we got to give this one to Hogue. We have oh, to. Send him a we should buy it. We should gift it to him. We should gift it to him. One hundred percent. All right. From Pennsylvania, and then I want him to come on the show and give like a two-minute <laughs> review. I want him to review it for us. Romansylvania. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah we'll see how long he, he plays it or attempts to uh is it spelled just like you would expect romance yes. alvania okay romance all right mm-hmm. all right i'll take a look take a look buddy i will not I will see who your man is maybe you'll fall for a sexy egyptian mummy maybe you'll fall for um you know a beautiful vampire you've been know. monitoring my browser i have oh, yeah yeah um what uh, is the actual <laughs> game good like is the Castlevania so, kind of like is, I would is say that a, 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 this is the bad part as a as a Castlevania game, the ca- the mechanics are are wanting. You certainly are going to be playing it like eh. <laughs> I really wish they would have focused more on the gameplay, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's dude. I have I have Rogue Legacy two still sitting on my Xbox. Yeah, and you want no me? You want me to go play two. this? It's no Rogue Legacy two. Gosh. It's bit, yeah. I mean that, like I said, I I didn't review it. I mostly brought it up to annoy you guys, but I do have criticisms <laughs> about it just based on having watched somebody play through the whole game. Um, I will say, 
fully voice acted, which is rare in the dating sim world. And the writing's pretty good, which, which always helps with the dating sim. But I love the idea of mixing dating sim with other well-established and loved genre. And I think if you did both of those things right, you could A, have a really big hit on your hand and get more people into this genre that I think is underrated. And I think Mass Effect as a series and Bioware as a developer has actually tapped into that at times. A lot of their games are basically dating sims that also are RPGs that are very good. And You're I not think, wrong. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that, that is, that's part of their secret success and their alchemical process. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to do that with other genres. And I think castlevania game is a is a pretty unique one to pick so <laughs> our chat our chat papa says my god hoke's still recovering leave him alone and midnight no, jury no. says hoke is supposed to keep his blood pressure down i gave hoke one show where i didn't attack him or question the things he said and my feedback i got from him from that was i wish somebody would would treat would take the gloves off and treat me like normal and I, as somebody who's also had medical issues, I I appreciate that. And so the grace period for Hogue is over. My goal now is to give him another stroke <laughs> with my team. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I love the guy, but but, I'm, but the, the gloves are off, and now he's just a human again. <laughs> um, Eleanor says, I'll pay you all if you play it and give it reviews. Honestly, I would do that. I don't have time to play it and give it a review. I'm already behind on coverage. But I will take a look at it. Um, <laughs> man. All right. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. That was worth a laugh, at least. I'll take a look at the trailer later. All right. Uh, I was supposed to segue from Starfield to Redfall, and we went to Romancevania instead. But <laughs> Sorry, guys. But it has vampires, so it's a perfect segue. There you go. Speaking of vampires, how about Redfall? Yeah. Uh, we got the story trailer this week. Uh, this game is closer than you may realize. It's only five weeks, six weeks away from release, May 2nd, which means we'll get reviews in five weeks or so. Um, the story trailer showed off a few things um, that we haven't seen before, including what they look like kind of ultra boss vampires, right? The big bads, they're calling them. Uh, so there's a few like named big I guess, again, boss-style enemies you're going to fight. It also showed a lot of new kind of uh, mechanics in terms of combat, which I think was needed because I think people were kind of wondering where the arcane presence in the combat was coming in in this game. And this story trailer, if you checked it out, kind of showed a bit of that. So I've already been hyped for this game. I never doubt arcane. I, I really trust in what they do. And I think that um, I think the more I see of this, the more I'm starting to really kind of see what they're going for and i think uh i think this could hit pretty well i'm excited for it yeah. yeah um i i think i said in the january um showcase that it was the game i was least excited for out of the five that they showed um right. and i think they've done a pretty good job of making me recover from that position because everything they've shown i still have some questions about the gameplay the shooting mechanics seem a little wanting to me which uh, is surprising given the that our arcane is usually pretty damn good with their combat. So um, I still have some questions about that, but they've at least uh, made my hype recover a little bit. I'm a little more optimistic about it, but this is sort of like I put this in the category of Starfield stoicism, where I'm just sort of in a wait and see. I'm gonna play it. Hopefully, I'll love it. Fair enough. Yeah. Dan, where you at? That's probably about the same. Um, I love arcane. 
this comes out literally on the day I go on the vacation, so uh, I'll have to wait till I get back. Uh, but uh, it, it anything single player from Arcane, I'll give it a shot, and I'll usually like. I'm actually I haven't I haven't been a whole lot that I disliked. Um, they're they they proven themselves over and over again. Uh, so I'm I'm not a huge you know fan of the vampire thing, but that's fine. I mean, I, as long as they do it right, and I think they can pull it off. Uh, we'll see how it goes, man. I mean, it's I'm ready for it. I've cool. been excited about this one since they they've released it or uh, announced it. So bring it on, man. Yeah, uh, someone asked how many levels does it have? Uh, I think maybe that's about Romancevania because uh, Redfall is an open world, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't paying super close attention, but it, it, it had a lot more meat on the bones than I, than I thought. I think it took my fiance like 20 hours to get through it. And then it has different paths you can take because you're voting characters off the dating show. And so basically from the outset, you could end up with characters completely different that were in, in mm -hmm. they can make it all the way to the end or get out of the game really early. And so that kind of changes your pathing a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's got pretty decent replayability potential um, and a lot more content than I expected. There's also lots of like Castlevanias, all Castlevania, all good Castlevanias. You can go to areas before you have powers. Cause you play uh, count Dracula whose powers have been drained from them. They can be a guy or a girl so that you have different romance options. And um, uh, then you are steadily getting it back. So you go to an area and you can't get up on this ledge cause you don't have double jump. And then later when you get double jump, you can yeah. back pedal and then get up there and so it's got like that typical castlevania metroid metroidvania uh, format um so yeah a lot, a lot more meat on the bones than i expected and a lot of different kind of uh branching options so it's longer than spider-man then interesting interesting hmm. it, i think it probably would take <laughs> me longer but that doesn't that's not a that's not a statement about quality i mean i i enjoyed my time with spider-man it was a very lean but very awesome uh you know period of time um and also i don't i don't want anybody to misinterpret game length as a as a diss i think some of my favorite experiences are really short forgotten city last year was yes. like one of my favorite games ever you can beat that in a single sitting and I, to me it's about an efficient use of my time sometimes i get annoyed when a game doesn't respect my time and takes a really long time to beat and isn't worth it if you're 150 oh, hours long you better be worth that 150 hours right <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles, great example. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, boys. The only other thing, uh, so uh, Resident Evil Four remake comes out this Ooh. week. Highly anticipated. Reviews are through the roof. So it looks like that team over at Capcom, Capcom is firing on all cylinders, man. They've just been crushing it, and uh, this looks to be right up there with Resident Evil Two remake in the quality. Uh, it's sitting last I looked at like a ninety-four meta. 93 wow. something like that um it got 10 from ign it got a 10 from GameSpot. um yeah so we'll see i'm really pumped about it uh i think between diablo's beta uh infant halo season three we've got resident evil next week we've got um dead island 2 looks great that's coming in a few weeks as well um great time to be a the gamer show. Man. The, the show, show. If, if you're a baseball fan the show that's that's another one of those games where it's like it's like two million players a week or a year. I mean, on the show, and you know they love the show, and that's perfectly fair. WWE two K twenty three. A lot of people are playing. Yeah. Uh, Rob says, "Who's reviewing RE four season gaming?" That is probably going to be uh, Zach, who is our resident horror fan. He did Dead Space. Um, 
so he is uh, on task to review. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days, actually. So uh, I uh, this week was kind of a mess with me trying to uh, get the new PC done. And so I'm a little out of touch with things, but I'll double check. All right, boys, I think we're going to go ahead and close it out with that. So uh, over at SG real quick, uh, I will say, um, yeah, new reviews up. You can check those out, Destiny 2 Lightfall. Uh, we reviewed Pinball FX 3, the new gen that just re-released for like PS5 and Xbox Series X. There's a few other things out there too. Um, obviously going to have uh, Diablo impressions. I'm still doing something on Halo Infinite Season 3 and going to begin hosting uh, Halo Infinite Community Nights again, hopefully starting this week. So if you want to play uh, with a, just a, a group of people on Halo Infinite non-competitive where we play goofy games and kind of just get everyone together have a good time. We'll be doing that. And I'll have a lot more on PSVR 2 as well. I've got two more impression articles I'm writing on PSVR 2 games, including After the Fall and uh, the PSVR 2 version of Demio. So uh, I am also next week interviewing, next Saturday, if it holds, interviewing someone at Respawn. Uh, so that'll be uh, an interview that goes up probably that following Monday. I'll talk about it more next week. Uh, for channel members first over at SG, uh, and then live for everyone, of course. And a big shout out for everyone supporting SG through channel membership. I think we're over 75 members now, which is fantastic. Uh, because everything we do at SG is non-monetized, we, we stop the Patreon, we don't do ads. You know, I've said it all before. Um, the support on SG to be a channel member is uh, is kind of not critical, but it definitely goes a long way in helping the site and helping everything. So thank you all so much. All right, Travis, what you got? You guys, real um, quick, Ains, you got yeah. super chats, yeah? Yes, oh, yeah, we do. I'm very sorry. Thank you, Dan. We'll do very those sorry. And, then I'll sign, and then I'll sign off. Let's catch up on the super chats. Sorry about that, everyone. Chris Vaughn in the house. Chris, oh, oh, for Travis. Another for Travis. <laughs> All right, let me look at these. Uh, another for Travis from Chris. Um, okay, these are um, a human with their tongue out. Maybe they're uh, taunting somebody, or maybe they're being snide. Um, we've got a, a one-eyed ghost. That what? is a one-eyed ghost. It looks. Oh, it's, there, it's it's different on Streamyard, and Streamyard is two eyes. Okay. Okay. It, on on my view, it either is one-eyed or it is blinking or winking, or maybe winking it's good. got crazy eyes where one is like big and one is small, like in a cartoon <laughs> kind of way. We've got another invader from space. We've got a robot's head. It appears to be powered by radio signal, radio signal. It's got an antenna on top of it. Um, a woman dancing, possibly to salsa, a man dancing, definitely to disco, uh, a unicorn's head, a goat, a, a, perhaps a billy goat, a flying saucer, a, a parachute. It looks like a recreational parachute. I don't think you'd use a colored parachute if you were in danger. Although... Maybe you, that's all you had on hand. You were festive and life-saving. Um, and then there's a teddy bear, a koala's head, and a kangaroo bouncing around. By the way, I know we've said this before. The difference in the pictures between StreamYard and what's on YouTube is vast. Like, they look very, very different. All right. Thank you, Chris Mullen, for putting Travis on alert. We got Laria with the $5 Super Chat. Military deployments uh, usually have no or at best, bad, internet. Uh, troops needing entertainment, stress relief, can uh, often can't play internet-only games. That's Very a fair point. Yeah, one, one, 
Yeah, and that's one of the downfalls of online-only games, and that's a good shout-out, uh, Lario. In fact, my my brother used to go th through that when he was deployed. So uh, I've talked to other people like Sarko in the chat, uh, same thing. Um, we've talked about that yeah, before. So, so. So, did, so did my brothers in the military, but what's weird is that all of my friends that are in the military now are always online. Like, always. <laughs> Dep dude. Depends where you are. Yeah, I, I like I just see them like like one of my friends plays Destiny more than me, and he's like, you know, in another country doing stuff, and I'm like, damn, how do you? I thought they didn't even allow you to have public access internet. Like that's crazy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean that's a that's a fair call out. I think for the average person, most people say I don't like the game to be online, and they're not in the military, and so I don't really know what their beef is. But people are afraid of change. I get it. Yeah, Laria, thank you very much, Brent. <laughs> Britt Cormier, another $10 super chat. Can we be honest with each other? What was the last Bethesda game that was even playable at launch? I mean, playable is, you know, those games are better enjoyed six months after launch when the community modders uh, have fixed things. I mean, most of the games are playable, at least. Yeah, I would say that's clear. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say there you could sorry let me back up you can pretty much say about any major game that releases now it's better six months after launch i i you know if you if you want to enjoy the the vast majority of this game at release you're going to be able to do that sure there'll be some bugs i'm sure sure it'll be better six months from now but i i don't think that's a an argument you levy just at bethesda games but not let's in, be fair not, also not, not kind of trailblazed it you know oh were, without a doubt without a doubt yeah, yeah. And, and and they're known for launching you know we don't have to cover fallout 76 or uh what was the other one um that they had that i'm forgetting now but um yeah i mean i i guess it's fair and and that's a personal decision right if you're someone who's going to get annoyed by little bugs let's use cyberpunk the class or not classic but the modern example right I played that game at launch, played for 130 hours. I had bugs, yes. Did they annoy me to where I regretted playing it at launch? Absolutely not. I'm very happy I played that at launch. You also I didn't the hell play on console. Yeah. I did. I played on Series X. You yeah. did? Yeah. And PC. I played both PC and Series X. Yeah. Wow. That was and pretty buggy also, for me on Series out, I mean, I'm not defending Bethesda, but some of their bugs are amazing. Like, they're just <laughs> um, And normally, Normally they're not game breaking, right? It's usually just annoying little things or like can't finish a mission, you know, like a side mission or something like that. When it starts getting into the main stuff, then you start having problems. But generally, yeah, I mean, they're Bethesda. They they have that, you know, they have it for a reason. You know, that's why people know them. You know, but it's fine. Yeah, I'd much rather have you know fifty Bethesda level bugs than you know one. Uh, your save file is deleted bug. Yeah, that's the yeah. Yeah, Which I mean we could talk happened to me in Diablo 4, by the way. The beta I lost in level 18 character in Diablo God, 4. Dang it. Yeah. You're the first one I've heard say something like that. That's it was like I got I got disconnected and then when I went back to the menu, it was like create new character. And I was like so I rebooted oh, the game man. and the character was just gone. I was like, what? Hmm. All right. Yeah, Yikes. Um yeah like when Returnal launched like I reviewed Returnal on PS5 and that would say roguelite where you can't, you couldn't at launch, you couldn't save during your runs. And one time I was like a two hour, 15 minute run because they were long and the game crashed. It crashed a lot at launch and it's just gone. And it's like, oh my God, you're killing me. But anyway, Brett, thank you for the super chat. Fizzle in the house. Yeah, $10. All right. Use this to get Dan some Taco Bell Lava Tacos for his next 
100 hours of Spider-Man. Thank you, Bizzle. I will be expecting that check for things for Lava Tacos. <laughs> Let's just get Lava. that going right now. We'll meet up for Lava lunch tacos. at Taco Bell. And, uh, uh, with as you. many good Mexican places we have around here, why would we ever do that? We have very good Mexican, Mexican places, places around Kansas here. City? That doesn't sound There's right. not. A lot. There are like two. Is it is it good? Yeah, there are. Guys, Come on, your guys' standard or no, 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 no. I love how totally Travis always thinks that San Francisco has the best of everything. It's pretty comical. Have you been here though, Mexican? Uh, yes, sort of our thing. I have been there and lived there. <laughs> when you were three, was it? No, I used to go back every summer when my family lived out there. Man, come on, you've, you've seen the mission, right? The mission? What's the mission? The mission. The neighborhood in San Francisco. It's the Mexican neighborhood. Okay. Well, oh. Yeah. Well, 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 why, why are you calling it out? Because it's like known to have like the best Mexican food in the country. Oh. Yeah. 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 But again, you think it's every like San Francisco has the best of everything in the country. Well, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> they have the best Your words, Ames. Your I'll words. I'd like to say, shout out. Taco Bell, bring it back with lava menu. Even though it's for a limited time, I will be there almost every day. So we'll get my fill. It will be a disaster for my bathroom, but otherwise, it's going to be awesome. Speaking of disaster for bathrooms, uh, which I realize is the worst segue in the history of Subway. Uh, yeah, this is how did we do uh, this? The DIY people sent me a double down KFC sandwich as part mm. of the promotional process it's okay because taco bell and, and kfc are the same company so good segue yeah, yeah. i just yeah. wanted to, i just wanted to say that because i felt personally attacked by activision when they <laughs> sent that to my house they sent you a double down with the bacon and the cheese and the two pieces of chicken yep i mean you should be happy and also i mean celebrating this greatness it was hor it was horrifying no oh, jesus Go back to your scoop tacos and your fake scoop you know, tacos. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> probably a scoop taco. You get a, you get a taco. You get a taco. You get a tortilla. You fill the taco in it, and you scoop out all the ingredients out of the taco. So it's just a tortilla. Again. It's just a wet tortilla. <laughs> Happy meals. Here you go. Whatever the hell. Oh my god. Oh God! Frowny meals, yeah. All right. Well, we didn't talk about frowny meals on the show, so now you're now you're excluding the audience. We have to talk about Mr. Charlie. No, no, we really don't. We really don't need to talk about Mr. Charlie's. We talked about it off stream, but it's eventually it's going to come up in the show. I'm going to talk about Mr. Charlie's on the show. Killing me, killing me, Bizzle. I blame you for this, but thank you for the super chat. Taco, killing me. Uh, back environment or something. So I mean, it's probably going to be a hit. Somebody's going to do it in San Francisco, and I'm going to be like, man, I should have really trademarked that. And there we are. All right, Brick Cormier with another ten dollars super chat. Travis, hold on, wait a minute. There's Leia. Let me do the emoji. That is an animate. Of pile of fecal matter or possibly a frozen yogurt. That is the after effect <laughs> of the lava taco. Travis's flawed logic. If you like uh, X game and we add Y, it is just better. I say no. I like steak, but if you add steak, 
But if you add poop, okay, I do not like it. No, if if you add animate frozen fecal matter or animate frozen yogurt. Right. Then he doesn't want the steak. Yes. Obviously, nobody would want to eat poop steak. That would be gross. And maybe in San Francisco. I don't know. They they like to try new things. We wouldn't eat that. Our food is good. They probably charge Uh, 25 bucks for it. You know? No. Be like, hey, look at this. Do that. Um, it's, good. it's good for everybody. I, I understand what you're what you're saying. There's a purity to it, and you can say that the thing that you don't want is bad. I would uh, offer the fact that what you perceive as poop is probably more akin to something you simply haven't tried yet. And so you you seem Brit like a a the, a character I remember from a, a certain uh, a PhD holding Seuss writer. Um, who who offered us a glimpse into green eggs and ham? That's what I would have to say. Yeah. Green eggs They're and ham. You want a true, you want a true story about green eggs and ham? That'll make you laugh. True story. Yeah. Kindergarten. So I'm five years old. I w- I love green eggs and ham as a book. Couldn't afford it because my family had no money. Right. I stole it from another kid in class. Nice. And then, you know, when you're five years old and you don't know what the hell you're doing. And this is back in the eighties, remember? So you had those desks where you put everything in all your books and everything went into the desk, right? That was like all you had. So Mm -hmm. I stole it from someone else in the classroom. I I put it all the way in the back of my desk and then shoved all my other stuff in front of it, thinking this is a brilliant idea. No one will ever find it. Right. Mm -hmm. So then kid says his book got stolen and they ask everyone who, uh, you know, who took it. And of course I just sat there quiet and like the idiot I was. And uh, they eventually pulled out everyone's desk and found the book. And then I got suspended <laughs> for stealing green eggs and ham as a five-year-old. That's great. Yeah. So what you're saying is you tried green eggs and ham and you ended up liking it so much that you committed a misdemeanor in order to obtain said green eggs Very and true. ham. That's Very the moral true. Yeah. of the story. Yeah. See, I was helping you. It was a good analogy. Well, should, we, should we all yeah. share a story of a time we were suspended? Dan, what what were you Jeez. suspended for? Uh, I can't the what I did the podcast will go a lot longer. Yeah. If we have have you been that. suspended a lot? I Me? No. I've only just one time because this is going to be sad. I mean, I, 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 I called. Show appropriate, like, please. Show yeah, appropriate. I'm trying. So we were at, I was in Spanish class, right? And uh, we were, we had a, we had an aide that, you know, come, they, they, every year we had somebody else from like a different country that would come in and help teach, you know, like from Venezuela and Argentina. Anyway, I was an ass and she said something in English and I made fun of her for the way she said it. And it was a terrible thing. I was like 14 years old. Shut up. And I said, God, what a stupid bitch. And, and then she said, she said, what'd you say? I said, oh, you understood that. Great. So then I sent to the office uh, and I went down there and the principal's like, this is what, you know, this is what they told me happened. I said, yeah, I kind of said, that, was, <laughs> that was my bad. I feel bad. I said, I'll apologize. And she's like, no, we're going to call your parents. And so <laughs> they called my mom and put them on the speakerphone. And uh, she said, yes, Mrs. Rodriguez, uh, this is what your son did. Called her a stupid B. And my mom said, well, is she? And, I was like, what? and yeah, she's like, well, if my son says it, then uh, obviously I was like, mom, no, no, stop. Just let me take this one. This is bad news. Yeah, I was, I was not a good kid necessarily. Nice. I didn't really suspended that much. I got that one kind of hurt a little bit, but uh, other than that, no. 
maybe it'll be unsurprising <laughs> for people to learn that I was suspended a lot in school. That a does lot. A lot. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, there was, he was lots always of he was always correcting the teachers. They didn't like it. Back, back. Uh, that is there. There is some truth to that. So, yeah. um, you know, part of part of my tribe, if, if you if you know my tribe, part of our tribe is we're taught to not take authority figures uh, as, you know, uh, kind of gospel. Right. We, we we challenge authority a lot. And that's sort of just part of our generational trauma and what have you. Um, and, uh, yeah, one time I was suspended. Do you guys know what the dare program is? The oh, yeah. drug, ab drug abuse, uh, uh, we grew up in the eighties, sir. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. know what that was. So, um, there. I, I, uh, I was, uh, I was suspended in the fourth grade for refusing to take the dare pledge. <laughs> I, uh, they brought the cop in, the cop to teach us, and I called him a Nazi and said he was trying to brainwash the class. <laughs> and uh, and I refused to take the air pledge. They were like, "If you don't take the pledge, we're going to suspend you." And I said, "Suspend me. I'm not falling for your guys's grip." People, people should be able to make their own decisions about see? drugs. Look, Dan, Dan, even young Travis was a hipster. You see, dude, seriously. Okay, I will give you this one. That was pretty hipster of me. But I got look. I I've never done drugs. I've never been drunk or high in my life. But in the fourth grade, I thought it was super messed up that the cops were coming in and telling, making everyone take this pledge, be not not able to make decisions for themselves. And I was so upset with it that I stood up and refused to settle down until they ejected me from the classroom. So that was one of many times I was suspended in school. Many times. There you go. Way too funny. Way too funny. Well, I, I, I like the story. Story time's good. Story time's good. Yep. All right. Um, quick shout out to uh, Pampa, Midnight Dreary, Tau uh, for uh, gifting memberships over at uh, the Season Gaming Channel. Like I just said a few minutes ago, that, that helps a lot. It's awesome. Thank you very much. And we've got one late super chat from our good friend, Don Lionheart. All right. $10 super chat from Don. Uh, uh, you're still going for once. Yay. For once. Uh, hashtag make big cats a three hour podcast. Uh, somebody kill me. I hope everyone is doing well. Been busy a few weekends for me. Hope everyone has been well. And for Travis, oh boy, uh, here we go. Slot machine, slot machine that has just hit a jackpot. Um, I want to say that's a superhero. Yeah, I think that's a superhero. Um, uh, a die, a six sided die that has rolled a one. Snake eye, or no? That's if you roll two ones. Oh, dude, dude the best thing is, look on YouTube, it's a four. On StreamYard, it's a really? one. Really? Yeah. Oh. Look at you. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah, I'm watching both. I'm like this. I see the one. Um, robot again with the antenna, uh, possibly transmitting data. Uh, a space invader. I think that is a Japanese ogre mask. One of those theatrical ogre masks. Um, is that a clown? Yes. That is a clown. clown. Clown face. It almost looks like a dog wearing clown paint on on YouTube. Um, uh, One-eyed ghost yet again. A, uh, a happy, a love-struck kitten. A mechanical arm that is flexing. Which I mean, if it's mechanical, what are you flexing? Like you're showing off, but like you didn't work for that. It's mechanical. Um, mechanical leg. A disembodied nose. 
uh, a, a disembodied brain, a disembodied anatomical heart. These are, this person has fallen apart. I'm going to say a human, I'm just going to go a human that has lost all their skin and bones and muscle structure. And now they're just a collection of organs and teeth. Um, yeah. So it's a nose, brain, heart, lungs, tooth, and a tongue. So just a pile of, of, uh, parts of a human and sinew that has just, yeah, that's actually kind of disgusting. Maybe the mechanical pieces were also part of the human. So this person's just disintegrated. Um, I'd like to report a murder. I'd like to report a murder at the end of this bit. See, episode. this is this is what we should be doing. Listen, chat from here on out and starting next week, tell a story with your emojis. Tell random. Tell a story and let Travis figure out what the story is. Yeah, because I feel like this one happened on accident. But like the farther I got, I was like, wait. It's yeah, like, you know, if you see a mechanic, if you saw a mechanical arm on the ground, you'd be like, that's weird, but okay. If you saw a mechanical leg next to it, you'd be like, hmm. But then when you see a nose and a brain, you're like, all right, someone died here. Right. Something. Yeah. We had a fight. Somewhere Maybe it's an organ donor. Between a robot. Well, why would you donate it? If you were donating your dice. organs, why would you drop them all? Like, uh, oh, I guess Dro you don't Dro know. This, drop them all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could just be. A museum of, you know, or a chest box. A <laughs> Maybe chest it's a scoop of, body or something. I just man. the farther I got, the farther I was like, or, or you know what? Let's do the positive one. Maybe they shed their corporeal form <laughs> because they reached enlightenment and they ascended to some higher plane and they left behind the remnants of their physical form. Right. Sure. Sure. Hashtag <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Don Lionheart. Uh, Thank you, Don. Always appreciate you, man. I hope you're doing well. All right. With that, Travis, we're going to go ahead and resume the closing we started 25 minutes ago. Hit us up. Yeah. Uh, so I've got new Remnant 2 IGN first content coming out this week. It's going to be a bit of a lighter week in terms of content. Um, but then after that, uh, we've got my full. Uh, first hands-on preview with Remnant 2 where I can talk about everything happening the week after. Um, you know, stay tuned to IGN first for all of all of the coverage on Remnant because it's exclusive stuff. And then um, I am working on my Diablo 4 beta impressions kind of in between a review and a preview kind of situation is what, is what we're aiming for. Um, and then uh, I've got, I'm covering GDC next week. I've already played a game from GDC and then I'm going to GDC on uh, Monday tomorrow to play a different game. And I'm going to be able to talk about both of them and I'm going to write previews for both of them. So um, that is game awesome. Yeah. For those who don't know, Game Developer Conference is awesome. It's in San Francisco since a lot of the games industry is located in the Bay Area or around San or in or around San Francisco. And uh, it's a super cool event that IGN has a strong presence at since we are also headquartered in San Francisco. Um, and yeah, it's a, uh, it's going to be a fun time. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And, um, you know, follow me on Twitter if, uh, you want to. <laughs> All right, chat. You've been amazing today. Audio listeners. I hope us breaking up super chats into a couple segments was better for you. So appreciate the, the shout outs there. And, uh, as always guys, uh, amazing support lately, big cast views between SG and, um, and Hoax channel have just been through the roof channel seeing 
good growth and just a, a lot of watch time and hours and uh, positive commentary. So uh, always fun hanging out with everyone on Sunday. If you listen to us later, thank you. Like I said, um, we will be back regularly scheduled as always next Sunday. We'll see if Hope can join us. Uh, obviously, as you all know, it's a, it's a spur of the moment thing uh, right now. So uh, hopefully in a few weeks time, we get to a point, you know, eventually where he'll be able to join us every week again, like normal. But for now, we will uh, just continue to do him proud with, uh, conversation about Romancevania, uh, burger chains, mm-hmm. organ doning, scoop tacos, and everything we covered in the gaming world today, apparently. So, mm-hmm. all right. For then, everyone have a really good week. Uh, hope you're all doing well, and uh, we will see you next Sunday. Till then, peace. <laughs>